0: because oh, yeah. that's
1: what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally chill.
0: The insurance commercial has <laughs> a fat ass but like no personality.
1: Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. No, god damn it. Isaac, New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Rip Isaac a new one today.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like Don't touch my records. Ever. And I believe everyone should be able to see us and hear... There we go. Hey, welcome to Hot Takes, guys. Hot Takes is a... Hello. uh, Hey, Hot Takes is a Vaporwave talk show starring myself and... It's me, Skeleton. Sorry. Christopher Smith. Christopher Smith, we're here... We are here to uh, argue, debate, converse, query, and geek out about art and music with you guys. Uh, If if it's the first time for any of y'all, Hot Takes is a very interactive show. You are free to type any question you have that you want to pose to me, Chris, or our special guest today, Angel Mark Lloyd. Um, I hope I pronounced that correctly. uh, Of Fire Tools, MindSpring Memories, Toad Computers non-local forecast i believe and several other amazing acts we are extremely excited to have angel with us today um if you cannot hear either of us or either of us is too loud if the music is too loud or too quiet we need y'all's help to let us know what let me know what i need to do to make it better um and thank you, last of all, to Tech Honors for rating us and to Indie Advent Tech, for his consistent help. Let me turn this Rilo Kylie song off, Andy. and maybe you can um, tell us a little bit about uh, a hot take for today.
1: Let me do the hot take or do I want to do a music rec? No,
0: actually, that's a good idea. Let's do the music rec first because the hot take can go right in. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So we don't plan this stuff right out, right y'all. Here. This is live. So um, Why would we plan it? It's just fun that way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, turn you guys on to a lesser known vaporwave artist that combines vaporwave and breakbeat. Um, we all know probably, and many of us love Sierra Mist, Sewer Slut, and a handful of uh, artists that, that combine breakbeat with, sorry, with vaporwave. But I, I've discovered an artist a couple years ago from Prague that goes by System ST91. Ooh. If you haven't heard System ST91, uh, Skelly's a bit low. Thank you, Zonrai kid. I'll turn him up right now. Um, at System ST91, you can find he's an excellent graphic designer as well. He does the artwork. Let's see. Chris is all the way up. We'll figure that out. He does the artwork for his oh, like releases. You, yeah, wait, may- wait. maybe turn yourself up better? while I'm. Yeah, let us know. Uh, let us um, know, Daniel or, or anyone else. Um, System ST91 like has a handful of. Um, breakbeat inspired vaporwave albums that draw heavily from like video game uh he really really likes the tumba games and he does a lot of like sonic the hedgehog and uh like super mario kind of influenced vibes but it's extremely lush it's all original compositions which not necessarily better or worse but i think we we you know love the fm skylines and the windows 96s of the scene you can kind of uh lump s system sd91 in with them uh, with a little bit of that uh, the the drum and bass um, vibe. I just bought my third album by the guy. I think it's a guy. Probably shouldn't assume that, but I just bought my third album by him, and it's amazing. It's called Vapor Zip. So I highly recommend you guys, if you like breakbeat, if you like vaporwave, if you like lush beats with vocal samples, check out System ST91. Good stuff. If anyone here is a fan or has heard of him, please sound off. And uh, All right with our hot take of the day. All right, how are we doing, guys? So my hot take
1: is going to be about uh, just continuing something that I said on Twitter, which is, um, it is one thing to be a good producer. It is one thing to be an extremely innovative producer, but it is a 100% a total different skill set to be a really good DJ. You know, you could be making dance music, you could be producing really fantastic stuff, but the but that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna be a good DJ. That's a whole other skill set. You have to really understand the importance of moving and generating an entire crowd to move along with you when you DJ. You know, I mean Absolutely. Isaac is maybe Isaac is maybe the like one of the best DJs that I know personally oh. and definitely the best DJ in Vaporwave. Oh. And the thing that Isaac is really great at doing is curating an experience and moving the people and the feelings along with him. Sometimes I have artists that are great producers, and they get up there, and they're just kind of playing whatever they want to play, and that is fine if you are playing a show, but when you're doing a dance party, it's not about you anymore. It's about the audience. You are to curate something that moves an entire audience. You're supposed to read the crowd and the vibe of a large group of people, right? That's really the difference hard. between... Yeah, it is. And it's like you have to be keeping an eye on how the energy and the, and the again, I'll use the word vibes, of how everything moves along and how you if you can't control a large crowd and keep them on dance floors and keep them excited and also, you know, play with them as well, like bring a little bit of an experimental song in once in a while. But you have to know when the right time to play it is, not just because you felt like it. You have to do it at the right time. You know, have, you have to earn an audience trust when you're DJing, right, to keep them there. It's not like performing a show. Performing a show, it's about the performer. The party is about the audience, and that's like a big distinction I wanna make to people. You know, um, sometimes I get people who really wanna, you know, DJ terminally chill, and like, I, they could be the greatest de- producer ever, but if they don't know how to DJ, and I don't mean just mix, and I don't mean just beat match or put things here. If they don't right. know how to work the crowd and move the yeah. crowd and keep people on the dance floor, you can't do it. I if imagine got, a lot of people, people are really rusty it, after
0: this pandemic you, too.
1: Well, oh, for sure. And if you want to do it, like you need to go to parties and stand in the back and watch what they're doing. Yes, you do. These de- what the DJs are doing even if it's not the music you like, right? But it is something to be said about watching how they organize their sets and, you know, translate that vibe into what you're doing as well. So, you know, my, my recommendation, particularly to future funk producers, you know, who are definitely making dance music, is like, you guys got to get out there in the world. You're going to have to go and see what DJs do and how, and you have to watch crowds and how they move and think about what kind of frequencies they hear that makes them move, you know what I mean? That's I It is crazy actually, like, seeing which songs
0: actually work with audiences that you wouldn't think would and vice versa, of course. Songs that you're sure sure. are going to light up Uh the dance floor, but people just don't... It doesn't compute... There's really like you gotta
1: listen to even if you go to a if you go see a go to a party sometimes it's almost good to just listen to the BPMs that move people and uh-huh. actually even the frequencies themselves like this bass frequency right here or this rhythm of the uh, of the drum right here people seem to really respond to that so even if it's not your kind of music you can go back to your catalog of whatever genre you're in and find an equivalent of something that's similar but you know but different but uh-huh. there's always. There's always parallels to be drawn by things, you know, no matter, you, know, you can't, you know, even if it's completely different than what you do. But, you know, I specifically refer to Terminally Chill as a dance party, right? It's not a show. Sometimes people say, can I play this show? Right. And I'm like, this isn't a show. We're not in a basement. This isn't a club. These people are dancing. There's a disco ball. This isn't about you. It's mm-hmm. about the people who come. You know what I mean? It's about the community that forms around
0: Absolutely. The,
1: uh, the DJ, right? The people that That's come to like the loyally. Great thing about – Oh, yeah. Well, the people who come loyal are the people who step in out of nowhere and have never even True. heard of Vaporwave. Don't True. know who you are. You might have, to, like, I don't know, fucking like 100,000 listens in on Spotify today and blah, 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 But they may not know that at all. That's spread across the world. You need to convert people, right? People go to a dance party and they kind of just walk off the street and right. come into it. Or maybe they're used to that club and they just go to that club all the time. It's not a show. It's not a show. I specify that all the time, that this is a different arm of Vaporwave. It's a different tentacle of Vaporwave. It makes the whole movie stronger by doing different things right true so you know if you want to play Terminally Chill just go to dance parties see what they're doing come to Terminally Chill see what me what I'm doing what PantaCat is doing what uh, other people who DJ do. Yeah. like I've had like some of my best DJs at Terminally Chill are people that nobody even knows right but they like do a crazy job on the dance floor it's
0: interesting, you were at the right? uh, super party ball that just uh, went down weren't you mm-hmm. yeah That's I believe great. I saw a That's picture with you and Molotovich actually I was very oh, jealous. Yeah, Al. I would love That's to so meet fun. the homie Molotovich, I wish you could have been there. Actually, I think Jeez, Rainy Cakes so might be in chat nice. right now. Uh, oh, Rainy Cakes, they were such sweet people. Oh, Wonderful I love individuals. Had
1: such a nice time. I was so happy they could come out. It was really nice that to- Toad of Sky from Virtua 94 I was able to meet them ahead oh, of time. Oh, Toad Sky walk was out there, Nice. Door. Oh well, it was Virtual Ninety Four. He's right. uh, the co-owner with Hideyoshi. Was um and, uh, yeah, was was Mr. Hideyoshi
0: out? there or Shoji or? Of course, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Shoji was there. Hideyoshi was there. James from DDS stopped by. I for saw a that bit. too. I was there. I'm jealous. I'm sure of you guys me, Kelsey man. from Twitter. She was there. Oh yeah, um, lots yeah. Of people, All, a lot of people. Paranormal was there. Um, Damn.
0: Damn. I'm so glad you guys got to have that experience. Um, hello, Groovy Kaiju, by the way. Groovy says hi. He's got to help with some family stuff. But he's watching oh, on YouTube, him. and he wanted to stop by and say hi. You, he loves love all of us, so you, me, and Angel, New and everyone out. in the chat. Coming out from him. He does. Can't wait. Yeah, very, very yeah. excited. He actually has a clip. Did you notice he has a clip from the Hot Takes ad in his album?
1: He- he told me yeah. yeah I'm
0: very excited I still want to collab with him Too at some cool. point I just gotta get my
1: schedule down a little bit more
0: uh, almost there you are a busy man I, I am not as busy oh, as I was I'm shipping but, uh, it away man. You poor, it away. you poor thing you poor thing but we can almost save almost that for the of end of the broadcast yeah. of, course, um, of course might be a good time unless you I didn't want to cut you off maybe you could play some ST91 on. on your next uh, DJ set but anyway, sure um, I
1: can't wait to check them out man
0: one, one other question is there going to be a terminally chill Philly edition coming back anytime soon so
1: I literally just got an email from the guy, uh, Ravi, who owns the Barbary, which is where we throw the party at He says that, you know, they're going to be finishing up the refurbishing soon. And it, he told me to start keeping my, my weeks open because he's going to be talking to me soon. So, yeah, we should be having Terminally Chill in Philadelphia soon. You know, we have obviously in July 30th, we have the one in Davis, California, up in NorCal Bay, uh, Bay Area region. Uh, but, yeah, the Philly one should be coming back sooner than later. Yeah, we might do a little outdoor thing too, so stay tuned.
0: Uh, I can't wait till I right. can go up there, man. But all right, thank you very much can't for that,. You, buddy. Um, oh, we want to talk to Angel. Everybody wants to know what Angel has to say tonight. Angel has uh, promised to uh, to destroy both of us tonight. So I don't know about you, but I'm really excited. Angel, why don't we clear off this static and bring you on? Go ahead and unmute yourself. What's up? What's up, Angel? Thank you for coming
1: on. Can't wait.
0: to speak to you. Mm -hmm. What do you think about uh, what Dr. Chris had to say about the um, the experience of uh, having to keep a crowd engaged? Because you played a lot of different shows as a lot of different instrumentalists employing a lot of different tools and and instruments. What do you think about what he said?
2: I think everything that was said is is correct but um i don't know that from personal experience doing it myself because i've always kind of had this tendency to sort of derail that sort of thing uh especially with fire tools uh, absolutely time i played any sort of show with like great djs and like uh, techno and house oriented, even like Gabber and hardcore, like anything like that, anytime I play a show like that when there's like, when it's like filled with ravers, and, and I go on, and it's like people flip out for like this right. five and a half seconds that dance part's happening, and then I just start doing something else and I, th- there'll be like ten minutes of just abstract noise, and it's just like these people are standing there like this is weird and I'm on drugs, so it's cool, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I want to dance, and then, and <laughs> so, I, right. don't, I don't know, I, I really admire people that want to craft um, a set or an album to, like, be super engaging and to, like, get people going. The DJ, the, you're right, like, DJing is a whole other world, and, I mean... I can't do it at all. I mean, I haven't really tried that hard, but I mean- Oh, you would master it in like
0: two hours.
2: I mean, if I practice, but that's the thing. Like, just because you know how to use a DAW and, and make electronic music or whatever it is, like, doesn't mean you know how to DJ true and um yeah it's a weird
1: thing it's even if you know how to make dance music sometimes it doesn't even mean that you know how to dj i remember when i first before i started djing i just spent a lot of time going to the parties and figuring out what moved me and keeping an eye on what moved other people and thinking you know when i when you dj it's it's no longer about you you know i i would fucking love to throw on fire tools right (laughs) my Favorite, I don't mean I don't mean to gush, but Fire Tools is one of my my favorite acts. And uh, but I can't play that at Terminally D. I can't play that at Terminal Chill, even though it's a vaporwave dance party. I can what edit it a little save? bit. I'm
2: just gonna I'm gonna put together a little compilation um, after my next album comes out of like a dance collection because I do oh, have fun. a couple of songs that like Good maintain one. a pretty hard beat for like most of the song. They're rare, but but they exist, and I'd like to do more of them. One thing There's I can do, might oh to... fun,
1: I would, I would love to, I would be honored to hear them. Thank you very much. One of the things I can do occasionally is edit songs and put them <clears> into <throat> a dance format, not like straight oh, up like, true, yeah. electronic but I can incorporate certain parts into other songs. You can layer things. The nice thing about DJing is you can layer, right? You can beat match, yeah. you can layer, you can isolate parts of the songs and put it as a clip over top something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's always an option that I kind of do sometimes. And the other, the hope though, when I do terminally chill, is that it will it will bring people in who don't really know about vaporwave because it's a dance party you know it might be some art students that thought this was a very interesting thing to go to because they're looking for something unique to dance to right and right. they'll go home they'll learn what vaporwave is and then they'll type it into the computer and they'll just spiral into all <clears> the different sounds textures and ideas that are incorporated at the scene and you know they'll find out about maybe some about the artists that maybe aren't necessarily the the, the easiestly accessible but you know they're probably kind of arty people in the first place if they were at that party so you know i i that's the the goal of it kind of is just to promulgate all artists in the scene and this i agree yeah,
0: and I a lot do. of the people i'm sorry angel go ahead
2: no it's okay you know i'm the guest so hey um, so
0: you get maybe you maybe get the main spotlight
2: not... <laughs> no i'm sorry i just didn't know you were gonna go next i forgot those three people here i just got uh. excited <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's okay you can go after me um let's do it i uh, uh despite what i i said a minute ago um i still get a really positive response because i think people are just interested in what mm. it what was happening um so you know i've never gotten like boot off stage or anything thank god you know, for people that. come up to me and they're just like wow that was crazy and i'm i'm just like you know i feel bad for not like making you Dance for that long, and they're just like, "No, it was so awesome!" So
0: right, it's more of like an experience, and thankfully, a lot of the yeah. vaporwave people are already open-minded and are already dipping their toes into all kinds of other weird non-vapor music, anyways. That's the thing. I imagine like people like nobody, are very receptive.
1: So, so this is a big trend with a lot of vaporwave. Uh, particularly, is that nobody really starts with vaporwave, or if they do, then that's just that would be a new thing that's just happening yeah. now. But most people start, most people who come to vaporwave. They start in many other places, and they don't even just start in one place. They no, start... so
2: many other places. So I've known many other places. Too, and yeah. It's so cool. You can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have friends who I was, like, making noise music with for years, and they got way into Vaporwave, vapor wave, and I was so surprised because it was, like, melodic very um, euphonic so i was surprised they would like it mm-hmm. and it because it had structure but they were into it because it was like weird and they're into weird yeah. stuff and right. they uh-huh. perceive it as being like strange like yeah. probably mainly the uh sample based stuff but then yeah there's people from i mean uh, there there are people that run vaporwave labels that that are their main thing is a black metal band
1: mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah like witcher quilt
2: yeah. In their and they're quilt yeah. and and they're somebody who runs a label, it's the same way. Um mi- yeah. I don't know. I think they're kind of like a mysterious black metal band, so I don't I don't want to say who it is. Oh,
0: you don't wanna <laughs> dox anybody. I know right. respect. respect.
2: But course, they, you know, he was doing that for a really long time and then like had this, like, discovered vaporwave and was just like, what the hell, and, like, got fascinated with it and is now putting out, like, slushwave albums, and it's just mm-hmm. really interesting, because that's... It's so you, cool you to watch people... wouldn't expect it. You,
0: you... There's a lot yeah, of punk right, rock right. people in the scene, too. Somebody in the chat does yeah. know 915, yeah, my buddy does Lots of punk rock people in the scene. No, He's in a
1: punk band, actually, I yeah. think, so, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's obvious. that it's getting too obvious to say that there's a connection between Vaporwave and punk. I, I love that. It's like, oh, yeah, right. yeah we all know that. It's uh, more but, an
2: ideology, not necessarily oh, of a sound. It's not like Vaporwave sounds like the Ramones or anything. Right. No,
1: no, 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 no. It's the spirit of punk rock. That's the thing that I think people very much understand, the idea of creating a network of people, the idea of doing something rebellious. The idea of uh, taking charge of your situation and making your own scene with connections across the country and the globe, producing your own. You know, it's it's the, it's the DIY ethic that's birthed from the punk and hardcore era. You know what I mean? It's that same right. spirit. Absolutely. Um, but you know, the other thing about the vaporwave people is that not only do they know about like the genre that they originally came from, but they've usually probably spent a lot of time. They're savants. They've spent a lot of time studying multiple different genres, and usually multiple different type of outsider genres or alternative subgenres. You know, I know that myself and Isaac, and I'm positive you as well, and probably most people in the chat spent a lot of time, maybe, you know, learning about uh, different sorts of um, like, you know, the, like boards of Canada or other kinds of experimental electronic music, and then they delved into punk to understand what the important punk artists were then they would go into like techno probably learn about a few techno artists that were important to the scene you know they they spent a lot of time learning about you know i don't know anybody who's in vaporwave that also isn't like oh yeah my play valentine oh shoegaze and then it can go off on like a tangent oh, yeah, about all their favorite shoegaze bands you know everybody's looking so many everybody involved in vaporwave, in vaporwave. A lot of people in Vaporwave are very interested in artists that have pushed sonic boundaries and, like, studying them and studying their movements. And then they find Vaporwave and like, oh, my own. My own movement. Oh, this is my own movement now that I can be a part of. Just like I studied when I was, like, learning about freaking, like, Steve Albini's bands or whatever. You know what I mean? They're like, I was all, like, most people in Vaporwave were like, I've been waiting for a movement that could be mine. You know? I, I mean, that's how I felt, at least, when it started.
2: I think that Vaporwave is a very... Uh it's, I mean, it, it, it originated sort of based on other styles of music and now um, it's to the point where you can do it in so many different ways and mm. it is something that is, um, it doesn't have, uh, you, it doesn't have an original sound, it wasn't like right. a, a new emerging sound, it was more yeah. the approach and the process and the aesthetic that was like mm. kind of a new idea. The, the actual sound of vaporwave—I don't even think, like as far as like m- moving compositions, that was not intended with any of the earliest artists. I don't think most of them were trying to, um, trying to like make a really good composed song. I think they were just trying to con- convey a vibe mm-hmm. and like a feeling and
1: an idea. Mm-hmm. I could agree any more, absolutely.
2: But now it's to the point where people are like trying to make like really good songs and mm-hmm. programming it all with MIDI and like you know, like using their using their, their their talent to like, you know, build something from the ground up. And that's really cool.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't
2: really know why I started saying that. I had a really good idea for saying that. It was so related <laughs> to what you were saying, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we'll the, get back
1: to it. It might come back.
2: We want uh, we'll, we'll move on.
1: We can move on absolutely. Um...
0: <laughs> Angel, I have a question Yo, for you um, Do you have a favorite a favorite of all time act or or album or, or genre or anything anyone uh, I know that's such a hard question.
2: No like no way because I can't okay this, it's too hard, this, right this, this cool person who's like compiling uh, this book of people's like top tens, top 20s, whatever they want to make. Uh, he hit me up for my contribution, and it took me a year to be able to to do it. At first, I oh, kind of wow. decided against it. I was like, I can't go through this because anytime anybody wants me to do something like this, I spend hours and hours on it and switching things out for other things. Right. And there's there's just no way. Like, I feel things so strongly, like music, like music is almost like an attack on my nervous system it affects me so mm. much so it's just like there's so much music out there that has moved me so deeply and shaken me up almost so it's yeah, like there's just no way. how do you pick like one every, um you just pick one that you like, like pick right one now one that wasn't like a um like an absolute favorite. If I was just to pick no, them. yeah, just yeah, like, it's like, too hard, huh? Brain breaking now. I don't know what because I wanna. I want it to be a really good thing to pick. That would be like you, the you best part of the album to then. discuss on the show. But I, I, don't
1: know. You don't have to. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, no you pressure. Don't, you don't have to answer that question. If you want to, you could answer. You could just say something you've been listening to lately that has moved you. It doesn't have. It's just a lately one.
2: Okay. Um,
1: that's what I do for myself. Me too, I bro. I can't answer that question <laughs> either. Whenever people ask me same. that, I qualify with, well, lately I like this. This has been this week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's like a... how I
1: get around that answer. And, and what I would
0: like to know is how do you – the same you... way that you do about music. This this lately that you've been into, I want to know your story about how you found them. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that story. You know what I mean?
2: Okay. So maybe it'll – okay. All right. All right. So in 1993 when I was – how old was I? Nine. Um – this, this song came on the, on the radio. Uh, my parents listened to rock radio, and it just like threw me through a loop. I was like, wow, this is freaking crazy. And uh, I didn't know who it was. And I remember uh, being at my aunt's house on Easter and sneaking downstairs in the basement and calling the radio station and trying to, to describe the song nice. and not knowing if they understood who I was talking about. But they told me who it was. And they're wow. like, it's called Hash. It's a self-titled album. I, you know, wow. I'm, I'm nine, so I don't know what Hash means. So I, I tell my dad, I'm like, I got to get the Hash CD. The song <laughs> is crazy. I called the radio station. They said it was called Hash. Can you get the Hash CD? And, like, I don't know, like, maybe it was, like, roughly a month later. My dad got it for me. And, um, and it's just really awesome. Um, all different styles of kind of like uh, like grunge-adjacent, like alt-rock, kind of post-glam kind of thing, because this was early uh-huh. 90s, so it was like rock, yeah. but there was some punk, there was some funk, there was some huh. like blues, which I don't normally get that into, but it was just like really kind of unique stuff. So fast forward, um, I, you know, I'm like 37 now, and I'm, you know, just every once in a while I go back to that record and listen to it, and I decided, okay, I'm going to look these people up, for any press coverage or anything to see if they're still around. I want to tell them how much this album like means to me. And I did a lot of research and there was like nothing on them except for a couple like sort of obscure articles. So I, I I traced it down to like one person's like new band, possibly current band. And I went to their like Facebook and found an email and then sent an email and then like told, gave him a short story or whatever. And like, a couple of weeks later, one of them wrote back the singer and was like, wow, so delighted about it. And I'm oh, that's just so like,
0: cool. what a beautiful I'll story.
2: A I'll fast forward to now. He is like an absurdly huge fan of my entire discography. Unbelievable. He like, oh. no man, wow. He sent wow. me emails and emails. Of Before just, you reached out to him? It, no, no, that would be. That was, that's insane. No, this was. But I he got into it after you. Yeah, it. Yeah. I, that's, I, yeah. That's, that's, that's sick as fuck. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know, like fifty something now, you know, and is uh, so it's been like a really long time. But like now, he's so into my stuff and like emails me questions about like wow. lyrics and and stuff like that and like you know how I make stuff and we've like yeah. talked on the phone and become like really close friends. So it's just amazing so freaking strange because this is like i'm nine and like asking my dad to buy the cd and this it turns out they were only played on a few radio stations around the world like i never heard of them yeah seven of them not even like yeah so it's like and it's you know it's something that a lot of the people in the chat are gonna find completely irrelevant to them they're not gonna really like it there's a lot it's like funk rock a lot of times and like you know but, list, but like Les cool type stuff. It's incredible, though. It's incredible. There's a lot of jazz in there. Hash, actually. damn. But yeah, the band is called Hash. It's a self-titled album. Um, it, everything on YouTube is like the shittiest rip possible, and it's not yeah. on streaming or anything, but if you want to go to YouTube and type in hash and um like the I first one. I them. find them. Do you, yeah do you mind linking it Angel? If it's not super spotify are
0: talking i couldn't find him yeah yeah Lux found on I mean,
2: amazon i had link. one album on like electra and then you know they filled oh, wow. their contract and left yeah. and <laughs> it was a bad experience for dustin them. says is mr
0: hello one of their songs he's looking on youtube yes that's yes. sick oh you heard it from we found it all right the wizard song so, is sick
1: can I, can I ask a question, actually? Because yeah. this kind of like, because, you know, you mentioned hearing that band at a young age. I mean, I got to buy this. This is kind of a random question. But when you were a kid growing up, did is there like a particular song that your parents would play or that you'd hear on the radio when you were very young, before you even really thought about making music that just sort of grabbed you? And maybe you even still think about time and time once in a while today, like just something that. Happened, like a, a musical experience that just sort of happened before you really even were processing music that much. You're like, well, oh, you like can, that song every time. Come on,
2: I can answer this sort of, but there isn't really a time before I started making music because when I was just I old guess enough let's say before hold, you had your musical like, place, when I was old enough to hold like a, two wooden spoons, I was mm. playing music, but. You know, like in my single digits, it's not like I have like a functioning band. I'm not like recording jams yeah. all the time. So like, you may
1: have always wanted to make music, but was there well, something that we, I'll make just this really relevant movement?
2: to the the subject of your podcast, vaporwave? I mean, that's that's is this is why vaporwave. Um, is it, I was so drawn to it because the songs that people were sampling were songs that were new and on the radio when I was really tiny. Right. And, and if it wa- wasn't songs that I've um, specifically, you know, heard, it, it sounded like I did because there was so much music like that because Vaporwave yep. was, you know, in the beginning sampling, like, really, in, like, intentionally generic kind of 80s music. True. And so slowing it down and adding effects to it and making it hazy and stuff is, like, to me, it's kind of like, you're like squeezing it and trying to like squeeze like more juice out of it by like giving giving it this uh, alternate perspective.
1: Yeah, by, so I'm giving it
0: new, it new life. Treatment.
1: When I I think of the echo jams, I always think of them as a way that, as sort of almost a metaphor for how memory works, whereas you don't always remember the whole song, you remember the part that's most salient to you, and it's a memory, so it's degraded a little bit, it's off, it doesn't sound the, the right way that it used to when you would hear it directly on the radio, and you have to travel through your memory to even find it, and that traveling warps it. That's where the reverb and all the slowing down. I don't know, that's kinda of how I always see like a fragment of a memory, right? And that's kind of uh-huh. all that we have left at the end of the day. With everything we experience, it's a fragment of the mem of a memory. Um, and
2: sometimes dreams are involved in that, which is hmm. what I think a lot of the aesthetic with Vaporwave comes from, at yeah. least with the ambient stuff. And in well, the origination of Dream Punk, I mean, you know, just you know, dreams. Like it, it yeah. sounds dreamy. Like even if you don't put a bunch of reverb and delay on something, even if you just like slow it down a bunch and play it back. It it has a dreamy quality because it sounds kind of like warped and like sometimes in yeah. your dreams things are like going really slow where you can't go as fast as you want to and you're trying to, you know. Right. Like, like when you can't, you can't run away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, can, I totally totally feel that statement. Uh, very hard. Yeah, my, it's very interesting.
2: My friend in the in the chat um said my favorite part of vaporwave is the frequency shift and um yeah i really agree with that except the problem is like you got to be careful because then you, if you you look at a frequency spectrum when you're working on your song you'll notice all the way up at the top near uh 20 kilohertz at the top of the spectrum there will be this nasty noise that'll start to creep in because you're taking mm-hmm. the song and shifting the frequency spectrum and then this the audio engineer the speaking right now i was gonna say
0: here go the genius before.
2: so the cut that idea. shit out people cut that shit out because i am tired of mastering your shit with that 20 K oh. screeching <laughs> in my ear wow
1: oh man <laughs> yeah I, just guys guys find the frequency band lower the band find out which one you know, it is I, bring it I down. do it
2: if you don't do it and you all don't know i'm doing it but i always do it
1: so thank you for doing it thank major. god for we we all like really you all really appreciate it thank you um, yeah, if, what's yeah. interesting to me sometimes, yeah, vaporwave is very, very interesting, particularly when you are playing with something that is sampled and then also using li- like you know, actual instrumentation as well. And I like the idea of creating a confusion between what is a sample, what is original instrumentation, and what is maybe just your memory or your, your imagination adding something and you don't even know it. You know, oh, damn. I like that concept. I, I like you
2: I thought of that? Those that's mm. cool i kind of i try to keep them separate a lot of times for some reason you do that yeah yeah i love the aesthetic of sample based music and just the way Mm. it sounds um and when i make like original compositions where i'm playing most of the instruments or whatever for some reason i don't want to layer in a sample from another song i mean i i i've done it You know maybe in fire Tools songs probably more so in the past but maybe a total of like five or six times i'll you know sample a filtered measure of a jazz song and like layer it in with my beat and my melody or something like that Mm -hmm. but i don't really do that anymore um so if i do a sample based thing in fire tools which is rare I'll, i'll make it like almost entirely Like Uh, as like an echo jam, basically. Yeah, Yeah, most of
0: your sample-based material is the Mindspring memories and Toad computers and stuff. No? Yeah, exactly. Fire Tools is mostly original compositions.
1: Most of Skeleton Lipstick is original compositions. Um, but occasionally, uh, I'll throw in a, a sample in the middle of it somewhere, or somewhere underneath it somewhere, and, uh, you know, yeah, it feels Yeah, I mean, right, if it have it to, to sound, right. sound right. have it. to. Yeah, totally I don't always do cool that. Bonus. I don't usually do that. It's a cool bonus. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's only, it's, it's the context of the song. Does it work or does it not? You know, if it does, if it feels appropriate, then it's another tool to use. It's another instrument to play with. And if not, then it's not. You know, it just sort yeah, of depends.
2: I, I used to use samples as tools like that, and older fire tool stuff, and I kind of mm-hmm. miss, kind of miss doing it. Like you I, you I should do it again.
1: Well, you know, you follow your yeah. journey. If it's not right to do it, then it's yeah, not it doesn't
2: right. Yeah, right it right? Right doesn't feel right like no right Doesn't feel right now. So I'm so perfectly wanting it to be personal and like so yeah. centered around like my own like dream world that I kind of oh, don't yeah. want to i don't know if, that's if understandable I, if
1: i if i use a sample i don't want it to sound like what i was using i don't even want people to really be able to recognize it you know what i mean it's, gotcha. well, it's, just, it's
2: because it's just it's a trouble
1: Yeah, but like I wouldn't care. You know, it's not even about like that. Like, fuck that shit.
2: Like,
1: they can take it down if they don't like it. I'll make a new fucking song, whatever. Um, But I just, uh, for me, it's what you. Slow it down, it'd be fine. It's what you said before. It's like uh, I, you know, I consider my music to be a personal thing, and you know. uh, But that's not to say that people. The thing about Vaporwave and the Echo Jams is for the really great artists, like people like uh, Luxury Elite or Trash Ghost, like, this is very personal, the way they use those samples. And it is telling no, a story. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't mean to say it's not
2: the... personal. Yeah, well, no, it, that...
1: it's different. You, but you can tell sometimes. It's different just... in
2: some way, but personal yeah. Personal shouldn't have been the word then because... Well, it is because, because it's personal like, for you. I know personal. that stuff is so oh, yeah. personal to them. Sure. And Mind Spring is so incredibly but as personal to me as fire tools is really like as far as for sure yeah
1: it's, it's really difficult to know the right word out. yeah no i understand it's very difficult to figure out the language to even convey what you're saying but i understand what you're saying you know what i mean for sure it just for you and it, like what what personal means is an individual thing for each person right So, you know, personal for you means something. Personal for me means something. Personal for Isaac, you know. I don't know. There's some Mindspring Memory songs that have really
0: touched me very, very deep inside. Like, I think um, Return to Heaven Accepted is a perfect example of just like, like, holy shit, this song is just very moving. Extremely moving. So personal, very personal to me. Even if I may not be imagining the the same things you're imagining.
2: um, The name of that song comes from, there's a song by a by a prog metal band called Labyrinth from Italy or an album gotcha. called Return to Heaven Denied which is such a no. sick title oh, yeah oh, interesting what a cool title like oh my god to heaven no. and and god is just like nope
0: yeah. it's, it's so 86 so- fuck this guy so well, what makes it so funny is it's
1: such a bureaucratic title, too. It's, like, it's so depersonalized. Denied. It it's not even, like, you're given a fucking speech. It's just, like, stamped it's just out. Stamped uh-huh. It's, it's insult it. to injury, which is what makes that song title so powerful. I love yeah, it. It's I, such well, a cool, cool. little I wanted, information. I
2: wanted that album and that sort of era to be, to just be so, I wanted to convey, like, like, my emotional like experience in life i just have a very emotional <laughs> life and and i wanted to convey this like totally like euphoric like idea i wanted it to have you achieved like, you know, that virtual aesthetics and a, and, a, and a story that involved technology and in virtual reality but i wanted it to just be like so heavenly and euphoric it's very That's sad sounding to it. me though I don't know if I'm yeah, like reading into it, well, but it's very, is, it's very sad. You blur the line between that tragic sound and, and really uplifting when you, you focus on the major key, but you do it really slow and have a lot of dissonance. Um, very interesting. And people will perceive it as really, really happy or really, really sad. And I feel like it sounds like wow. both at the same time. And I feel like that's kind like of sad what I try ecstasy to do almost. Like a lot of time.
0: You're a fucking scientist about this music shit. I like that.
2: Um, I don't... Well, yeah. It might seem that way uh, from an outside perspective. To me, it just kind of... I don't know. It just feels like well, that's just how I think. I didn't, yeah,
1: it just is. No, I, 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 I'm I, with you. I agree with how you speak about music. I, I feel that deeply. It's very well said by you as well. Um, you know... It, I, I, like you know. I, am sure all of us in this chat probably have had to pull the car over once or twice when a song comes on that moves us so deeply that we just can't help but focus on it. Right? Oh man! There are so many times where I'm just crying in my car because of the the positioning of lyrics or the movement of a sound. Last night. Yeah, man, for real, uh, it's it's real. Can you believe? I I can't even fathom the fact that there are people out there that just aren't moved by music. That's not part of their life. Oh it's yeah, like those rare
0: people that like they just listen to whatever. No, I'm not trying to talk shit, but people that just just kind of it's no. in the background. They just listen to what's on the radio. Never really yeah. reaches very deep down inside them. Yeah, man. I, I've met people like it's that. It's really
2: interesting. I or they don't say like it's music. They're a problem, but it's no. weird to me because no. I, I can't imagine.
1: I can't imagine that that's like you know I, I, I don't even have a good metaphor to compare it to us, but it's as if you ate food and it didn't taste like anything you know and that's what music is for them yeah. it's just like background to uh, never cool. go out of their way they will, and the thing is that those people usually, if music is on in a movie or at a or at a, a party or on the radio, and they happen to turn on, like they'll be like, okay, and they'll like dance to it. But as soon as it's over, that's like, well, I'll put this away. It's not for me. You know, they're not going to go out of their way to figure out who the band is or to figure out what that song was that they like. They don't. They don't care. It just doesn't register for them. And it's it, they don't have albums. They don't have CDs. They don't even. They maybe have a few MP3s for their workout. A lot of them maybe have like workout songs. Like it's like yeah, music yeah, is right. a functional thing for them. You know what? Aren't functional. those the
2: people that are like really into like, like hiking like on like beautiful mountains and yeah. they, yeah. or they might be into like parachuting or like yeah. some yeah, kind yeah, of activity know. that puts them in the moment mm. to where maybe they can experience something similar to, right. you know, listening uh, to I Maybe mean, really it's yeah. just different long. for them.
0: They're,
1: for that, for, 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 you know, pulling over in a car and, you know, crying to the song you love, for them, that might be being at the top of a mountain that they've that
2: might be sailing.
1: Or sailing, yeah, sail. yeah. could be juggling, I don't know. It could be, like, anything, Juggling.
2: Right? <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like most people love music, no matter what their hobby is. If their hobby's not music. I bet
0: sociopaths like- don't like music. Oh, so
1: that's an interesting thing.
0: I no, always I say.
2: No, I know. Oh my God, I know a couple sociopaths that have incredible music and they love okay. it
0: so much. Really? Do they listen to Huey Lewis on yes. the News?
1: Are they really sociopath? I always thought the best way to test someone who's a sociopath is not to test how they how they interact with people, but how they interact with art. Like you know, if you look at I don't know, I'm going to use I don't American, know. Like, no, am I wrong? Really? I don't know. I,
2: said, I don't. Know. I don't like When you
1: think about like American Psycho, I just use like it's just off the top of my head. If you ever read American Psycho. Well, yeah. if you ever watched the movie or read the book? Particularly if you read the book, he spends a lot of time detailing like the history of like Phil Collins's post, you know, uh, post uh, what, Genesis career, right? Because he thinks that after that, it's like it's too arty. Before that, but he can detail all the movements. He can say which one he thinks is the more successful album, why it's the more successful. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? You know that right. scene. Like he's really good at explaining it and why it is a perfect album. You know, you know why it's a perfect pop album. But he doesn't feel it. You know what I mean? He does. He's not gonna pull. Over in his car cry like he can explain to you exactly why he thinks this is a successful album and like he'll talk about it for days Ah, but
2: it's it's all factual that might be indicative of something other than just being a sociopath there might be other things to his personality perhaps he's on the spectrum maybe Maybe, yeah he's on a spectrum yeah yeah, although I know people on the spectrum
1: and they seem to be
2: I mean we can speculate but there's probably science behind this that we can that we can just look up that's available probably I would be fascinated because this kind of thing is a subject I really like so I'm curious but
1: yeah for sure Um, even even science behind this sort of thing is like spotty at best just speaking as someone with a medical background um you know uh even, like, all these things are, like, so subjective at the end of the day, and they only really study a little thing. And honestly, like, science is science until ten years later, and it's not science anymore sometimes, particularly an with the mind. That's
2: an interesting statement. That, that might be true, but a lot of the science and psychology that I've learned through uh, therapy and reading books and stuff like that has been um, extremely extremely helpful and um life changing even with the spotty research because what you also have outside the spotty research is loads and loads of anecdotal um evidence right you know on the internet from people. Um and a lot of the books out there that are written are based on that. They're based on, you know, uh things that they've gathered from you know therapy session after therapy session like therapists writing books psychiatrists writing books or psychologists i mean um so just from studying things like that um uh it's been extremely helpful so uh i i don't know what my point was but i think it was something slightly argumentative
0: yeah it sounded like a counterpoint he said science is science until 10, 10 years ago, or 10 point years point. later. It's a
1: good counterpoint. Honestly, at the end of the day, like this is how we get knowledge, is by speaking to other people and sharing experiences with other people and communication. And this is how you know we get knowledge and transfer it back and forth and get understanding of our own existence and our own realities and, and are able to navigate this world we can't do it without reaching out to people and sharing our experiences and kind of cataloging it and then we get a little bit more information a little bit more here and there and we can move forward with a little bit more clarity and you know those yeah. anecdotal things are like more important to me than almost anything else you know in the hard because science it's, it's yeah, experience. I, think,
2: I think that it what's good to do is to is is to maybe and even if you don't intuitively feel this way you can do this as like a, a good scientific method um to think that both the the incidental evidence and the scientific research to be equally important and needing mm-hmm. each other to inform yeah. each other because yeah. they should kind of like sort of match up and, mm-hmm. or, and if there's anything that's like goes in opposite direction like that they're not getting in the lab but the people are posting on reddit then yeah. like then you know something is is off and you got to figure that out um yeah well so yeah, said. I think they're both really important. Knowledge and, is and tough. <laughs> another thing hard to I figure out knowledge just, and like, truth. A cool example, uh, an, another example of like how important the antidotal evidence is, is like when it comes to uh, CBD and it being a good treatment um, for uh, problems with like your, your dog or your cat. Um, it's not something that, that vets really like typically know a lot about and they won't talk to you about because there's not enough scientific research. But the thing is that there's so much antidotal evidence that it is completely harmless and extremely helpful. Like I have scoured the internet. I cannot find like one little tiny like post or a report or anything of like any pet, like you know getting sick passing away like having any sort of medical problems so Mm -hmm. it's like yeah my vet won't recommend it but just like i've got nothing to lose like it literally a bad story doesn't exist and Mm -hmm. as long as you buy stuff made for cats and dogs like from a reputable company like Mm -hmm. it's probably going to help with their anxiety their pain or something like that i imagine you probably had to deal with a lot of that
0: being that today's the day after the fourth of july
2: yeah, yeah, that's kind of why it's on my mind. Like, I give yeah. it to my cat anyway. I have for the past two years, but, like, I, it's been on my mind because of the fireworks. In fact, uh, right after we started, there was one right outside, kind of oh, out damn. of the blue, and I heard my cat's claws on the kitchen floor oh, as thing. he tried to run away really fast and was like stuck in place for a second because you oh know, no try to run really fast on a wooden floor yeah i saw that so I, reply like, that you posted oh. i heard the claws and i was like oh
0: god i saw that reply you posted on twitter i think it was to uh, mesh about uh, fireworks and i had seen that graphic yeah, floating I was, around i was a dick to him
2: i was a dick to him i feel bad no the way you weren't I, I thought it was very Wait, informative Oh, I mean, I it, it really wasn't most. that bad, honestly. I was just like, he he said something. I don't know what do he say. Like, have you know, have a good time on on the fourth, or yeah, something you, like that. And yeah, just like, being
0: congenial, meh, you meh, know. Meh, meh,
2: meh, meh, meh. Look at this, look at this infographic. Like, I don't know.
0: it's right. factual, it's though. Fine. I mean, Lux and
2: I have talked about it a lot.
0: You know, it does a lot of damage to bees, animals, you know, <laughs> the environment, people with PTSD.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I kind of, I have, um, I've gotten used to the fireworks. Honestly, I don't really have trouble with them anymore most of the time. But I, I have a lot of trouble with sudden loud noises, and um, like even in my house, like you know, something something falls over, or my, you know, somebody drops something or something, and I, I'll get a, a, a crazy shock to my system, and yeah. a couple times it's actually made me sort of kind of blackout but for like a third of a second. Really strange where I didn't know what reality was for like a very tiny amount of time. Do you find that
1: oh I'm sorry go ahead. No no,
2: no, it's okay I'm just like if if somebody like me who's never actually gone through like you know what a a veteran has um, and you know if I can have a, a problem with it then I just you know I can't imagine who else might especially in my neighborhood there's a lot of old people around here
1: yeah yeah, no,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, do you yeah no um you know I've, I've never been a veteran but i work in trauma bays obviously and i've just watched a lot of death <laughs> like yeah. i've watched a lot of death and a lot of violence um well, and yeah making music
2: during that because oh man i can't hard.
1: even ew, I yeah, got, This man i is to some about some, some, some let's, shit
2: let's move right on <laughs>
1: Uh, oh my god, just like some of the worst things that you can see are like are like the babies that have had like oh. their faces ripped off. Um, oh. And they're, they're just children and like that's it, like from this day forward, they are now permanently scarred forever. Like mm-hmm. that is the thing, like that you know, I had this, really this one knee. Oh, you know, like there was a guy raising fighting dogs and like one broke out of the, uh, which is, you know, one broke out of the pen and that was, a. Uh, we'll yeah. stop there. Nope but um you know i just wanna like you know making music yeah. i have a question for you is like you know with, with your anxieties and your and 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 your and you know and and all the things that we all suffer with do you find making music as a therapeutic experience for you does it help you does it help you give you strength does it yes, give you uh, make catharsis catharsis yeah. yes
2: yeah 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 it's a it's it's one of the many things i do to work with that work with yeah. my feelings and whatever you want to call it bullshit i guess you could call it um no
1: not at all but, not uh, at all it's very real very real yeah things. no
2: no it's it's very real i'm not trying to discount it i just don't know what to what to i don't call know what it. to
1: call it yeah i feel you i yeah, <laughs> call it
2: mental illness but it's uh
1: I mean, we can call know. it just like energy. We can call it just um, you know excess energy, right? Yeah. yeah. We don't know yeah, how to true. how to direct. Yeah. Maybe, right.
2: Yeah. Well, creating the music um, and releasing it is a big part of the ther- the therapy in it, and it's not the responses. It's the act of letting it go, like putting it out there. Now it's available. Yeah. It's it, it's out, and for some reason, that and the actual process of creating it and finalizing it that's what's therapeutic playing it live isn't doesn't really do much for me for some Mm -hmm. reason that's Um, really interesting so i don't play live a whole lot um i used to play live a lot more yeah you were gonna be at the la a lot more i liked it a lot more back then because i uh i was doing more creating sounds in real time during the shows and with fire tools because of how ridiculously calculated everything is there's not a lot i'm doing to control what you're hearing besides playing the lead line or some chords on the keyboard or playing a guitar part and doing the vocals and maybe doing a few sound effects or whatever but a a lot of it is just like you know a, a backing track that i'm playing too because there's there's no other way to make it happen and have it line up with the visuals that I've already created that are syncing to. I see so, no problem with yeah. this. I would I, love I, to, to see this, that this what we're talking about, right? There. And yeah. I,
0: I, it's I not can't a satisfactory really team. really
2: express myself. I can't improvise. Oh. But yeah, but this is so what I we're, we're really talking like, about.
1: <laughs> you yeah, know this what we were talking about before was um you know that there isn't really a a paradigm for how to do this kind of new music that's kind of started in the 2010s in multiple different genres in a certain way live that is similar to the you know 1950s through 2000s version of what rock and roll is right. or that version of what rock is right you have to come up with different ideas like i like the idea of curating an audiovisual experience right like we were talking about before, you know, the experience of hearing the music with a large crowd, of being in the presence and feeling the energy of the person who created it, and how they're conveying it, and how they choose to organize that set. This is also one of the reasons why I started getting into DJing too, was that, um you know it was it's a bit more satisfying with a live crowd to DJ than it is to do my weird electronic music live which I've mm-hmm. figured out a way recently and I've done it on some of the live streams to do my DJ the DJing and combine it with some of the live performances that were well, yeah, set that That's up. one way of doing it that's just one way of doing yeah, it
2: Yeah I think that's how a lot of uh, electronic artists like like in the trance scene like when when uh, when artists would would perform like they were doing DJ sets even though they sat. essentially On their computers and like made the songs. They're doing DJ sets of their songs and other people's songs and remixes of other people's songs and -hmm. other people's remixes of their songs. And I know this applies to other electronic genres too. I just know mostly about trance because I was like a huge nerd for it when (laughs) I was. (laughs) I love
1: it. Well, I mean, the first time I saw, I remember, I remember Mm -hmm. the first. Uh, Artists that I saw saying, okay, this isn't going to be exactly a live performance. It's going to be an audiovisual experience that we curate and move along would be like... I remember when the Knife was touring for Silent Shout. That was what they did. And I remember seeing that, okay, well, the Knife is doing it this way. I can probably do something similar too. Yeah, so much
2: of the Knife... I, I don't know about that particular project, but so much of the Knife is just like sitting at your computer and like toying with like sound design and like doing all this like weird stuff that you can't easily replicate like the vocal effects and stuff like that like correct you can't do all that in real time so there's got to be some aspect of using the machines to like help you i don't know i've seen seen artists literally just do the percussion
0: part live nothing more and these are well-known artists that have just banged out the drum beat and it was awesome like i loved it yeah I, I i love
2: that too yeah
1: yeah, I mean, this yeah. is like, you could just take a page out of, you know, this is what the modern festival EDM producers are doing, is they're, you know, they're not DJs. Like, they just, no one knows where to, how to put, they put them behind a DJ deck because people understand the archetype of DJ deck. Right. And means, that means dance, that means yeah. move. Yeah. Someone's behind a Most DJ deck. Most of those deck. artists means, those are on CDJs. Are those motherfuckers aren't DJing. Like they are just really great producers, and they're lining up their songs and their remixes, and they're playing it, and they have a huge production behind them with lasers and fireworks yeah. and a giant, giant screen with the visuals they've worked on. Like that's the performance. So yeah, it's really it's funny really to me when people go to these festivals and for... say, "I'm going to see that DJ." I'm like, "That's not a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They would right. never do this in a club. This is just yeah, because they're producers, and we don't understand TV. what else to put them behind." Yeah, they're, they're behind
2: right. CDJs the club is like DJ. They're they're doing the DJ thing. They they're using the DJ method in a lot of ways for their they're performance but they're, they're not DJing. No, they're like they are DJing but it's not a DJ set. It's their stuff. It's their stuff, and it's it's like you would never play
1: these, like, songs that start really slow and then work their way up and have that, like, super saw noise with the bass underneath it. Like, that's not what you, that would never work. it's like, this is a performance. This is people who are producers, and this is the only way we know how to communicate what they do to people is put them on a DJ deck. Elenium isn't a DJ. Like, he's right. just, like, a dude who's a really fam- phenomenal producer that's very popular with kids. And, um you got to put them behind this and give them lasers and fireworks and curative audio-visual experience.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's I actually have a question do. for you. Great thing to do. Uh, Angel, you've been in a lot of bands. You've played a lot of genres of music. You've done, I mean, virtually everything under the sun. Have you experienced a lot of gatekeeping? Or do you have any particular feelings about gatekeeping in general?
2: Um, I mean, there's nothing too complicated about a gatekeeping sucks um yeah i've seen it i've seen it in um well the thing is okay i've always uh sort of dressed kind of weird and not always fit in with the scene i was i was like dabbling in at the time like I'm making weird electronic music now. I yeah. feel like I probably fit in just fine. You doing good? Absolutely. Um, yeah, but but right I late. was playing I was playing in like emo bands. I was playing in like like some like sort of post-hardcore metal bands and and stuff like that. And in that kind of thing, like there's there's a lot of gatekeeping. Um I've, I feel like uh, out of all the scenes that I've ever been a part of, and this is just my experience, and I know a lot of people, their experience is different, but in, in my experience, the, the worst has been in hardcore, mm. like right. not the electronic hardcore. Like, we're talking oh, like Not straight. like Gabber, yeah, we're, we're talking hardcore. about like hardcore. metal music. You yeah. yeah. have to understand I'm like, <coughs> you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a AMAB, AMAB body or whatever, yeah. and I've, but I've always been kind of feminine and colorful. Yeah, um, and being in that scene, it's just like I, I'm just a target. Like oh, you know, sure. all the super super masculine tough guys who, right? You see, will tell Her you they're just dancing, but really heads. they're just mad and they just want to beat people up and they just want to mm, be obnoxious. Man,
1: yeah. Particularly if you were doing that during maybe like the very tail end of the late '90s and the early 2000s, oh, like yeah. that is just like that. The whole scene just like. It a lot was. Of toxic yeah, toxic masculinity. I saw, a, I saw a lot of
2: violence. <laughs> I saw a lot of hardcore kids picking on, like, like skinny, like acne-ridden metalhead kids with yeah, children just for the sake of doing it tail. like it was
1: a really shitty time in that like 2000 early 2000s period like i don't even know like there was the all the violence was just for the sake of doing it just to oh, go he's gonna get snuck everyone's just strikers. looking for a reason to be disrespected like Underneath just it's the...
2: not for the sake of doing it it's because they have inner issues that they for they real. don't realize and that they're trying oh, to yeah deal. they just uh-huh. want to they just want to be territorial and they just want to find something that's not a big deal to get really mad about and like uh i've just i've just seen so many fights and it just it's so shitty i remember yeah. on broken wings like their first um album i was really really into because it was ridiculously heavy to the point of just being silly almost and i, I loved it and when i saw them live they were fights would break out and they would stop playing but to watch and to like wow. make comments like egg them on and stuff like, it. and i was just like at that moment like i was just like this is not mm-hmm. i don't i i'm not ethically like able to like deal with this scene and i just like kind of stopped gross. listening to a lot this of that so
1: shit. shitty man like i just remember like i just would want to go I just wanted to go see American Nightmare play. But like I couldn't do it. I'd have to stand have in the back. To to s- on the back. I have to watch American Nightmare the back. I have to watch American – at least movie. in the 2000s, I had to. I had to go stand in the back, watch American so Nightmare. I Remember, had to do I'm that one, too. I like, like the
0: Locust, Blood Brothers.
2: One yeah. give up the ghost and, and twice as American Nightmare. No, one could – What was give up, It the yeah, they
1: temporarily changed their name to Give Up the Ghost because there was like a, like a rockabilly no, that, like band between that
2: between American Nightmare and Give Up the Ghost, they were temporarily something else.
1: American Nothing.
2: Yeah, that's you we are American I Nothing in between that. Yeah. That but all yeah. three times I had to be really far away. Mm. Yeah, like hang out in the back, uh, and, no, and, and just, when you man, wear glasses, it's even worse. Right. This is hot. Take. Yeah, please I give us so a please. watching. I yeah. think watching is. There's an, there's an ethical issue, because moshing almost always is hurting somebody who doesn't want to be there. And I yeah. know this sounds like I'm such a grandma, but I think if you want to do it, you should really have a little bit of a dedicated area.
0: I yes, thoroughly agree. Hurt. Anyone who I wears glasses, like, damn.
2: I've been in so many situations where I've been trying to enjoy a show in maybe a smaller area, And I just can't. I just can't watch the band. I can't be in the room because I'm getting my ass kicked. And and I, it's just like people just don't think about that, especially people that, like, grew up listening to hardcore and they're just like, it's like a way of life. And it's like dancing is like something you're passionate about and that you actually practice and think you're good at and have so much fun doing it. Like, I don't want to talk shit on those people, but I just think... If you're if you're at a show and you're hitting people, that that aren't moshing, like there's an ethical issue, like that's yeah. wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shitty. Meanwhile, no, the vaporwave no, no, shows, no, we're no all hugging crowd. each other.
1: No crowd killing. No crowd yeah. killing. has never. I had not, uh, not I even all, heard about that until
2: even, today. It's not fun. You know? I
1: heard it's Isaac fight the chat like, "What's crowd killing?" Like that's when somebody just yeah. w- runs into the crowd and starts moshing directly I, into I've the crowd. I've been to
2: hardcore oh, metal shows, but I've never heard of that. That's terrible crowd killing. I've gotten so mad at people and I've, like, wanted to hurt them because, like, I feel so much rage when people do that because it's just, like, so, just so, like, just so terrible and so hurtful and so wrong. It's super ableist. I
1: think it's a little bit better nowadays. Uh, Particularly it's a little bit better nowadays because, honestly, like, it's just not the center of where rebellion happens now. When kids want to rebel and do some kind of music, very few of them these days are really, like, picking up a guitar and starring a hardcore band you know like when i so i dj'd for the after parties for this is hardcore festival in philadelphia and oh, wow. i remember being oh uh, yeah I, I dj'd for both days afterwards um and i mm. i which is fun i had a little backstage pass which is actually where i got the off shirt at cuz i got to see you off uh, on the stage when they played I like Keith Morris. He's interesting. But anyhow, my point is that a lot of the bands that play at these festivals are like they are like from 30 years ago, or it's like a reunion show for a band from the 90s, late 90s, or early 2000s. Just not yeah. a lot of kids starting these bands anymore and coming up in that world because they're kind of doing other things. You know, they're just this like punk. Punk isn't really this where people where people go for rebellion now. Now they're like picking up Dawes, or they're making yeah, vaporwave, like, or they're I, making uh, soundcloud.
2: I've you been mean, so withdrawn from that scene. I wasn't really sure how things were. I mean, I'm sure people are still moshing. Yeah, school, I mean, like, so but like your head, your
1: Yeah, I mean, your headliner is like Gorilla Biscuits, and uh, that yeah, headliner is like from so long ago.
2: If you're in Gorilla Biscuits. here no, you you're can't. Old.
1: No, you're old, and that's like. But that's the big draw is these old bands, like almost reliving the glory of when this was this the most. Rebellious music out there, you know back right. in the day, where you know when you first when hardcore punk started becoming a thing And nobody really knew how to describe it what it was They're like you just have to come and experience the energy of it, and it's just these you know They're that's the same bands. I that love are that kind of music headlining too. headlining tours. Me I do too, too. Like, but I'm too. scared to be, I be there well, I don't. You don't have to be quite as scary anymore because all the people who do that really scary moshing, a lot of them are just like old now. Like they're in their forties. Like True. that's like who they're I saw mostly out as there much doing as they it. Hurt the
0: next guy. There's just not I a
2: lot think of it's like because the scene kids started doing hardcore dancing. Oh with, yeah. like you know when Devil Wears Prada was was big, (laughs) and they scared all the tough hardcore kids away.
1: Mm -hmm. That's it. They got scared by the kids in skinny jeans.
2: Honestly,
0: even though some of the scene music was kind of questionable, I kind of liked that movement because it was like a super early adopter of the diversity and just the weird be-yourself type of movement. Scene kind of walked so that everything else could run, you know?
1: You know what? That's really oh, funny yes. that you say that. I mean, I don't know how you felt, Angel, but when I first started seeing those kinds of bands that I felt so far removed from and felt so different than what I understood emo to be or what I understood, you know, screamo to be, I remember being like, "Who are these like hot topic kids?" But now, as I look back on it, several years later, I'm like, you know, it was really fun that they were wearing their hair like that and wearing these daring outfits and going kind of being very fluid and androgynous with each other, and like yeah. that's kind of a lot better than the version right. of emo In like style-wise. E- Emo emo for me what I grew up of with, with it was that I wore a sweater vest and yep. maybe right. I had or yeah. I had a yeah, I had a sweater vest. I had a carabina, you know, on my on my thing. I, I remember the carabiners. Or I had new balance shoes. Did you have I the, the like uh? Um, yeah, I had black room glasses. I didn't have any tattoos. Oh my you know? god! No
0: tattoos. You had this. No tattoos. This scene sucks. And I had I had a, a satchel.
1: Fun. I had like a satchel and so with some pins and patches <laughs> on it. Do you guys remember it the years like very subversive? But this is kind of more. It fun guy. that kids started wearing costumes. You know, and I look back. I didn't like it when I was younger, but and I look back on it. I'm like, it's fun that kids were like expressing themselves and wearing costumes and stuff. That's cute. yeah, I like it. It's good. I agree. Good for them.
2: I think. I get it were- now. There was a there's a connecting thread. People really feel like it was, it was an entirely different sort of scene, but it did branch, it did branch off from that that older emo that you're talking about. There were there were a few bands that had like the dark look and that wanted to be a little heavier. And one of the leading bands in that was Thursday. Uh-huh. They came from they they loved emo, but they were mostly trying to play like melodic hardcore post-hardcore type oh yeah stuff. they did a split with envy they had the they wore all black they had the black swoopy hair they wore tight clothes and i feel like thursday like thursday was the reason that i mean th- actually the singer of thursday it, uh, uh signed uh my chemical romance and their, their first ep was on mm. that guy's um Mm-hmm. Or wait, no, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. No, it was on Eyeball Records, which Thursday was on. It wasn't the guy from yes. Thursday's label, but they started off on the same label. And I feel like Thursday paved the way for that, sort of paved the way for My Chemical Romance. And then My Chemical Romance got huge. And I, right. I think that is kind of a lot of where the, the whole like mall so, thing came okay. So I'm going to say that the first look.
1: time I saw people doing that kind of look with like a little bit of a Spock look would, of mm-hmm. course, be from the Scrams bands, right? Yeah, like no, that, was
2: older. that was like the San Diego stuff, right? Uh,
1: this, the, yes, the San yeah. Diego stuff. Absolutely. Gravity records, all that yeah, sort of thing. Or exactly. or, or um, or what's the other? Oh, one? shit. Fear San Before, San the, San before San the March of, like of Flames. Level, yes. l- Level Plane records level and plane, also ebullition yeah. e- records.
2: I think but, Thursday uh, got it from them. So I Well still
1: also, well here's it. here's my thing is where I think they all got it from. At least the more mainstream bands got it from. I think they got it from Refused personally because if That's you they, I think everybody saw the new noise video. Yeah, the, the new noise, noise video, video they, which like by that. the way it's not the first fucking I still, still want to look like them. Yeah. I still want to look Love like it. Refused. I think I'm going to work on that. Like I'm trying to grow my hair out. I think I'm going to bring back wearing like, you know, the black skinny jeans with the studded get the hair belt. I got... Is that what I got? I got to get
2: a hairstyle. Yeah. You, you got know, that, that, that curly know, hair, bro. You're no, going to yeah.
1: have to... I got, I got like... You know, I've got the hair for,
0: like, this sort of thing now. Like, I can do oh, it. Oh, you... When, like...
2: when you straighten that, it'll get even longer. You'll be... Hey,
0: I love it. Somebody... Out. Somebody capture this. Somebody... Oh, that guy's yeah. hair is I think curly.
2: Wow. Excellent. Yeah, you're going really to have to do condition that. really well and maybe use a little bit of uh, product. What do I do?
1: I don't know what products to use, but I guess I'll do my homework.
0: Angel, do you like post-metal very much? Like ISIS and Jesu and Envy and stuff.
2: Yeah, I was I was super super Ooh, into ISIS I love both for those bands. um but I don't I don't it's not a huge part of stuff that I like, but I definitely really like I, I was really into um, Panopticon by Ooh, Yeah, that's my favorite album
1: yeah, I I was I always I for a while, even after I stopped listening to ISIS was always just following what Aaron Turner was doing mm-hmm. and just to see what new project he was up to. He was always an interesting character. I remember like always following those Boston hardcore metal guys and like like Bannon and like Iron doll yeah, all, that, all so those guys Yeah there's so much stuff
2: that came out of Converge members that Yeah was... like
1: old I was always into Old Man Gloom and uh was yeah, it Cold Nate Yeah Old Man Gloom oh I yeah, really Nate, liked him too. Yeah. yeah Nate Newton and all his stuff he did with Jesuit and like I don't know man that was like yeah, really
2: Yeah that too yeah good good he, call
1: it was a really fun... It's, I don't know about you, but for me, it was always fun to learn about the members of the bands and then see what else they were doing. You learn about the record labels oh, yeah. they were on. That's how I
2: used to find music,
0: in bro, band. in the 2000s. Oh, you, knew, like, you figure uh, out who was dipping into what different group and what label were they yeah. on. And get a comp from that label. Yeah. You know,
1: community I is, that is such an, an important thing. You know, a co- like, like, community of artists is such an important thing into the growth of a movement, right? You know, Vaporwave is popular because they know that we all kind of know each other and are friends with each other and people want to keep on one eye on one artist and they see that they know another artist and they work with another artist or they're on the same label as another artist or they talk to their friends with this artist. That's yes. kind of like what I think of. You know, that's how I felt about those Boston metal hardcore bands which was really fun to see like, oh, they all know each other. How fun. Like, they all hang out and like make music. Or Yeah. The
2: scenes were a big part scenes of that. are a big deal. This how, is, yeah, because big the deal. labels would, would run ads.
1: Yeah.
2: So you'd get to see they they'd like prop up a few different new releases, but then have a little list at the bottom of their ad with Mm. like a ton of other stuff they have available. And I'd be like, well, if these bands rule, the other bands on the label are probably cool. And you absolutely I would blind order them, like hoping they were good and fine. And they usually were. Yeah, 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 they usually were. And reviews, zine uh, reviews that were in zines. I miss those days. Describe them under the radar. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely gotten into bands because I read reviews um, uh, in the back of Heart Attack, that scene. Um, oh, that was Heart Attack! Bullet.
1: I used to order yeah. that from Ebullition <laughs> Records all the time. I
2: would order the yeah, back yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah, I it. would order stuff from Ebullition too. Um, but they had them in Tower Records, and then I would go look for any of it in, in Tower Records, oh, and I would yeah. rarely find something, but once in a while I would find, like, one copy of something there was a re- review of, and then I would buy it. But that's what, not how it is anymore.
0: What do you What do you think about gent music? It seems like we've got a pretty good uh, difference of opinions in the chat about gent music.
2: Uh, the funny thing is, I got into it really late, but I really love it. But I'm picky about it. It's 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 just got to be good. Oh, I mean, Justin Pearson. Really oh. Question, but I, um, but I, I started getting into it like I guess you could say tops two years ago, which is like. I don't know what, like, five years kind of passed its time a little bit. Because most of the stuff that's coming out now is very post-Gent. True. Gent-influenced other stuff, which is so cool. And I I like that, too. I probably like it more. I like the stuff that's... that's, I actually really need to...
0: I need a, like a... One of those introduction to gent like mixes or something because I'm horribly. I can
2: make you a playlist of. Oh, like, that Spotify. would be so cool! Ooh, but we'll, we'll um, worry about that another time. I don't have Spotify, but I. Uh, I don't either. Spotify. I use MP3s, girl. Don't have Spotify. I, I, mean, I'm Spotify, have Spotify, I, I know Spotify. you're on Spotify. Uh, I, mean, on Spotify. Uh, I don't have a Spotify account. I don't. I don't use it. I buy stuff on Bandcamp, and if uh, if it's an old artist or something like that, or it's obscure, I'll look for it on Soulseek. Um, or I'll listen to it on YouTube. I don't know. I'm a bad person. I'm,
0: I'm the same way, honestly. I I mean, I uh, DJ well, like well. Chris, so I work with MP3s. You, you know. Yeah, yeah same. Well, well, I'd
1: give uh, $10 I than I. $3. Hey anyway, I I still buy the stuff on Bandcamp. I still support the artists. I listen to Spotify. I put it on in my car. Just I, don't I don't
2: judge anyone. I to
0: I stream the well. Rosewood yeah. playlist on Spotify I have a, all day, I, every I day the, on an old. The, old what's
1: listening to Spotify? You do. Uh, playlists, like you know, twice a month usually.
2: No, uh, but Spotify but anyway. is very useful. I make funny on Spotify. Spotify's <laughs> so algorithms you know, aren't I terrible didn't either. I make money on streaming, so I I have I've had a good experience. I put my music up there and then. I mean, it's pretty stupid how little cool. you make,
0: but, I mean, I'm glad it's better than nothing. I'm going to make the
2: same music whether I put it on Spotify or not. Well True. Put it on there it's it's going to be zero
0: or something, right? I
1: mean, that's, like, the thing about artists. True artists is just, like, you're going you're gonna to make the music one way or another. You might as well put it everywhere. You're yeah,
0: yeah, make yeah, it and the people that want to support you will. The people that can will pay you above and beyond what hey. some other people would pay
1: the thing i don't like about spotify let's talk about this let's talk about what i particularly don't like about spotify now it's not even the artist royalty thing it's not even all that right which is a thing but that's actually not why i dislike spotify i dislike spotify because it's created this like concept of if you're not being listened to thousands of times every day or every like month then you're not doing well that's yeah. crazy. Because, like, some of my favorite albums, my absolute favorite albums, I don't listen to them every day. I don't put Oh, on, me neither, bro. You know, I
0: don't want to ruin like that I, shit.
1: They're my, some of my favorite albums. Like, I don't listen to them every day. I yeah, have I them, and the I listen to them. It's a powerful true. experience. But Spotify creates this culture of if you're not being listened to every day by people, you're not doing it right. Fuck that. That's fucking bullshit. That's, like, a it weird is. way to qualify art. Like That's not quality. Like people look at these Spotify stats like it's means- anything it doesn't mean shit it doesn't mean anything it's fucking stupid you should just read your your music of your favorite artists and most and just like instagram followers and just like everything else most of your favorite artists are fucking inflating those stats
0: It's not real. They're not real life. The
1: internet is reality, is like reality, except the difference is you could just change. It's just a lot easier to fucking fuck with and modify. It's not. It's like that's the thing about the internet. It's like everybody can just modify or change it and blah, 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 blah. So you really cannot look at those stats and think that that is your worth as an artist. And that is your popularity as an artist either. It really isn't. That's crazy that we have this culture of like you got to be listening to like a million times every month by people or else like you're just not that successful. Like it's crazy. Crazy, man! Like it's crazy that that this these weird numbers are like supposed to qualify how popular you are or how well, well you the weird do with an numbers artist.
2: Usually mean dollars, and yep. I think that the numbers definitely are used to um, sort of brag. But I also think that the numbers indicate revenue a lot of times, and the yeah, more numbers, true. the more you make. And that's the case with selling albums too. But I see the point you're trying to make, and I agree. You could with get that. lucky. End up really
0: on some playlists. I don't really know playlist. what my
2: stats are. I don't know how many listeners I have whatsoever, or how many listens I get a day. I've not. I think no. I've, I've I, never I've never looked. I've seen it a few times and been like, oh, okay. But I don't. I have no clue what those numbers are. That's I good. Mean, like that do either. you read
0: your rate your music reviews? Oh God.
2: I've never. I've never looked. I, I no. mean, no. it sounds I like it's probably better reality. for your mental health. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm purposely turning away, like making some sort of moral high ground statement like, oh, I don't look at my stats. I don't believe in that. I just like, I just don't care and I never think to look, but I I guess it would be interesting to look at. Rate your music maybe, but I don't
1: Oh, that's rough because rate your music <laughs> no, I is know a it'll very be rough. it's I, rough I it's because...
2: Rough uh, for everyone. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable just, it's whenever unbelievable.
0: I hear a magnum opus and I go on rate your music and people are just trashing and I'm like, wow, yeah. that's a bunch of well, hot takes. Well, the we thing about that here. is like, opinions you know, people are trash. people can't
1: like everything and they have to rate some things down or else they won't be taken seriously in their community or whatever, I suppose. I don't know. I don't look at stats and I don't look at reviews either because it doesn't serve me I like
2: reviews.
1: I, I kind of like. You it. Mean, I, I like? I like,
2: it I like just good didn't help ones. Perceive my. Yeah. Just, yeah. Fair I enough. see what you're
0: saying, but if you're gonna read a review that you uh, knew was gonna be a good, cool one, maybe you would wanna know well, like what I images mean, your, your music puts in people's heads. I don't
2: care though if somebody has some dumb take, <laughs> like, I don't, so like yeah. a hot take. I guess well, okay, here's the thing about reviews that, that I don't like when, when people say that I actually do kinda have a problem with, but there's nothing I can do to change it. Is when they say something that's literally not true, not an opinion, but like when they when they make an assumption like right. you know, like I'm just making this up. It's 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 not that it's never happened, but if someone's like, Angel uses audacity to make these beautiful compositions I I would just be like, Hey, I don't I've never actually used that that software people like don't like can can you not say that and there's kind of like this blurry line where like it's like kind of an opinion and perception Mm. but at the same time it's like almost like kind of just like false information and i i get a little antsy when it's like that but if someone's just like tearing it apart or they're just saying this is really not my thing i don't really like it like i don't like the vocals sometimes the music is cool but the vocals ruin it for me like i don't I don't, I'm like not even affected by that. And I think part oh. of the reason is not because I'm like super confident or anything. I think it's because my entire life, I am so used to a large portion of the world thinking my music is just weird and not wanting to have anything to do with it. It's true. So normal to it's me. nothing the new to you. The idea mm, of maybe most people in the world not being into it. Like that is. I'm so think, used to it that it's that, that sounds, we, now it's I'm almost like you're free every day yeah, sounds, you're free of those like, that sounds, like
0: confines you, that
1: sounds very confident to me you know you just said like oh it's not a confidence thing but I don't know what you just said was an incredibly confident statement and that is really we should all be there where I you I
0: thoroughly right like, agree that That's is goals and
2: confidence but it's also like Stockholm syndrome in
0: <laughs> making
2: fringe music yeah. that I'm really comfortable yeah. with that. Outsider comfortable music with.
0: does make you a unique. I mean, yeah. you have to be I in mean, a certain headspace to be in that outsider realm.
1: Ooh, I, 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 I know I, I am definitely hurt sometimes when people judge it because it does feel like they're judging me. But at the same time, I understand that what I make is what I make. I like it. I do it exactly the way I want to do it. And that's enough you know and that's why I don't really look at stats either or anything to that nature because it'll distract me from creating um, good but point I think what you said was incredibly inspirational and um, I hope everybody can can think that way the way that you just said it's very healthy it's really good stuff
2: well it is really and- great to not be concerned with with something that can only be a lot of stress and the in the problem with the the you know adrenaline rush when you get a really good review is you know if you start to rely on that and and you and you don't get it one day like you know that can be a problem i kind of i have this idea in my head and it, it hasn't happened yet and i keep thinking it's gonna happen that my next album is gonna disappoint to the, not to an extreme extent probably but to a point where you know the press will drop off there won't be as many reviews there won't be as many shared retweets. It, there won't be as much I- interest, and I, I always kind of assume that's going to happen because I I end up doing you know something a little different, and it hasn't happened yet. But it's just like I'm just so open to it and okay with it. Like I'll I'll understand if it happens. Yeah. Kind like, of so uh, like
0: expecting the worst but hoping for the best. So. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like you know, it would be the recognition is great. The good reviews are great, but I kind of like every time I make something i kind of think like this that people might not resonate with this so it's uh so i don't often get disappointed um like i, I released an ep um not too long ago and i didn't uh, like I, I haven't gotten feedback on it i've gotten some comments but like no one wrote anything about it and stuff like that and i'm yeah. just like of course they they didn't like you know there's a lot of other stuff out there and it didn't make people as excited as as the last album or it didn't get as much exposure I don't know whatever it is I kind of just don't care I needed to put it out I needed to make it yeah. I need to put go. it out and I feel so, so much I, better I, now that I did that
1: so uh, I want I want to pause for a second to also say thank you to everybody who has written us good reviews that's really appreciated and has published oh, yeah. that. It's a really beautiful thing that people take time out of their day to listen to your music and then put their feelings about it into words. Like, that's such a beautiful skill. And I really appreciate everybody who's ever written me a very kind review. And also, that's great because that's something I can use in my press kit. And I can bring that to a venue. You know? And point. I can bring that to a promoter. You know, Because I used somebody. to write I can reviews help all the time. Help. I didn't know that so would actually really physically help those. you. They're extremely oh helpful. God. I no, saved no, them. That's all. so yes, sick. I, I saved them all in my in my EPK, in my electronic recipe. Yeah, like, yeah. I have the that's so headlines. Cool. So helpful. The people who write reviews, like I mean, Angel, you probably remember back in uh, Isaac as well, back in like the 2010s, early two thousand tens, everybody. All reviews was mattered a blog. so
0: much.
2: Everybody was,
1: and... everybody was starting blogs back then. Because, I did it. And that was really great. You did it, and um, like that was really wonderful for me at the time too. In the early vapor days of like that, because I could send you know before we had like a, a system in place and a culture in place like we do now, and we were just yeah. shooting in the dark, trying to find somebody who might maybe also listen to like music that might listen to experimental music. And so everybody who ever wrote about me then was like super helpful in me like having something to show that this is actual music. I'm not just some like person. Who's yeah, like, someone this, else you know?
2: actually likes this enough to yeah. type something. right. It's not just me yeah, and my like partner like, in like, my Yeah, it
1: made me feel like I was a legitimate artist so many people write music and like no one hears it or they play in their local scene and like they barely even get noticed in like in their hometown. So like getting those good reviews and being able to put them into my press kit was um, meant the world to me and still means the world to me when I get them. So thank you.
2: Yeah, and, they Angel, yeah. It really helped me too. I mean, I when I release stuff on. Um, House Mountain and the album I released on Orange Milk, like, uh, whether it was the label themselves or somebody that, like, you know, somebody external, there were people doing PR, meaning they were contacting tons and tons of publications and being like, this is coming out soon. Listen to it here. Here's bio. Here's pictures. Let me know if you want to do an interview or review or something. And um, it's a lot of hard work. And I used to do all that myself, when I was trying to work about in little blogs and I am just so grateful to be able to work with labels that are kind of like a large enough operation to where like they actually have like dedicated Uh, like PR operations. Because I feel like a lot of DIY labels like they might write to some people but it's not really a part of their game plan. I've I've always had
0: I've always had to I honestly right felt to like, like it was super masturbatory anytime stuff. I wrote a little post but I'm just really glad that that means no, so, so much helpful. to artists. I, I have every
1: one of my reviews saved in my EPK and I even like outline it with like a headline the strongest sentence from the review to be the headline. Oh that's so, so smart need... dude. Yeah, I It's yeah, like I a CV. When
2: it's a big name publication it's like I don't know like Pitchfork they're hard on people. But they're usually they i usually get good reviews from them and oh, wow. even though they're not my favorite publication it's like that's the that's the review i'm gonna highlight for people because it's of like course. people know yeah, that everyone knows they, who pitchfork
0: are. is and, and then, they yeah, are they're, they're super
2: in the in the sevens and eights out of ten like like a like a 7.9 from pitchfork is like you know, a plus with extra credit in in school, like that's right. what that means. So, it was a big deal. And the the only time I would ever put somebody like above them is like, Rolling Stone said something once, and uh, NPR occasionally says some stuff.
0: So oh, that's because so, this cool. is so
2: huge I might scoot them to the top. But. Tiny Death well, that's that's Concert big deal.
1: And uh, I, you are very, very, very it is a very good thing that you have a label that like does some of that promotion for you and like helps you with that. That's Yeah,
2: it's uh, amazing. Yeah, I'm man. So yeah. Well, I don't I, I, would a, I I'm doing it all
1: myself still. It's a very difficult thing. Oh,
2: uh, well I ha- I did it for one album. I did release an album on a label that didn't have any sort of PR operation, so I did it myself. And the funny thing is, I emailed all the same people, like my my label, uh, House of Mountain, did the album before that, um, yep. and and you know they got so many responses. But when I did it myself, nobody responded, not nobody. one person. And I even hit them it's all up crazy. a second time just to be sure. No responses. That's and The reality is, these publications take you way more seriously when you have a label or a PR team. Hitting them up so, about you, y'all, so y'all better make some notes about that. So, are you guys listening? Any that's artists, a to make, make a, a note about that. That's just new
1: no, no, make a note to you. any vaporwave labels. Make a note of this, okay? Like well, people will vaporwave, take you seriously. Yeah.
0: Well, if yeah, you have I mean, a yeah.
1: roster, uh, that's. Here is the thing about the vaporwave labels, some especially some of the bigger ones. They have if if a, if a publication clicks on that vaporwave label Bandcamp and sees how many people support every single one of their releases, right? They'll take you seriously, and that'll really help us artists. If you guys, because we they don't listen to us. So, if the vaporwave labels, oh, yeah. if you want your label to grow and to be a big deal, start working on a PR team. Start working on making connections with journalists. That will help all of us tremendously. That will help the whole scene tremendously. And what was it Yuni said?
0: Hire a who what, what did he hire? Do you he,
1: who, he's a distributor. He's a he said, "Don't hire to get a distributor. Get a distributor, distributor. and get a label that
0: does PR for you." So yeah.
1: once again, to vaporwave record labels out there, like you guys want to up the game, get onto the next level, have work on the PR because they don't really take <laughs> us seriously as the artists. They they won't. It's like what Angel just said. When it comes from the artists, sometimes and Angel's a very popular artist with and that's very after very a very very acclaimed. And ton it's the same thing. Yeah.
2: Publications for that's the first yeah, I would you'd think, think you'd have your foot in the like, door. Oh crap! Fire but like are doing something new, I need to check that out. But it's like, I didn't have a, I didn't have a. I mean, I did have you a didn't label pay back. Your in, it wasn't them that contacted. So,
1: a label speaking is much stronger than an artist speaking. An artist by themselves, it just seems like they're by themselves, and no one wants to speak for them. But when a label speaks. The publications are more likely to listen to you. So if you want, if you guys just released a record, uh, al vinyl or a tape, you're trying to get it to sell out. Start working on the PR aspect of what you guys do because it's a big deal because those those publications can click on your Bandcamp and they'll see all the people who buy every one. You know, they'll look... True. Through, it's phenomenal, like how many lines of people of support who are clicked and bought that thing. They'll take it seriously. You know here's what I
2: mean? an, a, Here's another thing. I can take it a little bit further and this is going to alienate even more people because... Let's do it. So we're here
1: for. Well, let's get some hot money. takes. We're, we well, try to push I, the envelope to get people to work.
2: The If you can afford it... Um, these publications care about you even more if you are a PR company because anybody can start a label because most of you out there that have a label that are listening, you started a label because one day you were like, I'm going to start a label, you know, And, (laughs) and then you did like the next day and, um, and you, you know, and you probably can't, you, you can't afford a, like, a PR team, like, I mean, that, that shit is expensive, like, you know, it's a specialized service, and, um, uh, I can't, I can't really throw out price quotes or whatever, but if you're a label, and you have any sort of, like, you know, savings or whatever, or even if you don't, shop around, like, look for, look for, like, PR, like, teams and companies, like, marketing companies, but definitely find the ones that are focused on your niche like you don't even want to bother with going to a company that works in other genres you you'll be wasting your money so you want to go to like i don't even know who to suggest i just know they exist and i've I've spoken with several of them and i can't think of anybody's names but um yeah
0: well i'll let I've, everybody and i've worked
2: with a yeah few, like um, if
0: there are alex brought up a good I point mean, if there are pr people that fuck with vaporwave we need to know who those people oh, are oh it, it's well, getting,
2: yeah it's getting more and more accepted in the larger publications it started out as a joke to everybody but now it's like big publications are using the v word now yeah. and, and, and too are... often in my opinion too, like, too often uh,
0: they're not saying slow and well, reverb I'll
1: I'll, I'll I'll let everybody know too because as soon as i well when i finally decide to get this uh new skeleton lipstick album like that's what i'm gonna start looking at like i'm gonna try and do my homework to damn. figure out which of the pr people are doing are good to work with for this sort of thing i'll let
2: everybody know when i do some
1: homework damn yeah
2: pacific plaza made a good point in the chat um to get a good person to do PR for you, they have to understand your music or genre. So, who are the people that have adjacent experience? That's that's a pretty good question. I mean, I don't think there's anyone out there focusing on vaporwave, but there are people focusing on experimental music, um, lo-fi
1: music, band- yeah, you
2: know, I mean, yeah. or Absolutely. or they're focusing on like weird, like industrial or like. I mean, if they write
0: about know, one O Tricks Point, like, Point, Point Never or Arca, on. like. like let me let me just mention really
1: oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but i just want to mention like i sold i've sold you know a dance party based on vaporwave to a club right and you know the way that I've, i promoted it is things like you know talking about what this means to the subculture this is a rising thing it's yeah. getting more and more it the has kids a lot of traction. like it the kids like it It's well, the new it's thing. Just, I, I always i so i i phrase it to clubs like this which is that um i say okay think about what Punk rock was to arena rock. It's the competing subculture underneath it, right? So, like, like clubs could do a punk rock. You know, bands could play there. Punk rock basically at clubs. Well, so if we're at like an alternative hipster dance club, the, the vaporwave is the answer to festival EDM music, right? So you have your big festival EDM bands that play the big festivals and then you have the counterculture under again you know, the counterculture which is vaporwave and so I've tried to like phrase it to them as that and they you know that metaphor is sometimes like
2: well if you, you make vaporwave uh, then you automatically have other genres incorporated into your music because that's vaporwave true. is not very an good. Entirely original sound you're either chillwave or you're freaking EDM or your mm-hmm. um ambient or your your jazz jazz rock jazz pop or your like new age music or your synth wave adjacent yeah absolutely wave. like you just have to be it's not a it's not original <laughs> so so that's how you can know where to go when it don't stand on vaporwave alone i feel like right. that's a little no. bit alienating yeah. Yeah. because it no. yeah. male
0: tears is really good about culture. that it does
2: He have it's on aesthetic but it's not completely removed from all these I, other electronic I, genres.
1: I named the party the after a neon really Indian smart. song. <laughs> like, it's terminally you chill. Did. I named it after a neon Indian song. They understand what that really is.
2: Good. I wanted to answer a question that I saw.
0: Oh, yeah, go for oh, it. Oh, yeah, I was, was going to bring really that up. Quick. Thank you.
2: Um. So, yeah, so somebody asked, like, how would you suggest finding these people? Do you track down the NPR pitchfork people who post about Vaporwave and ask them? And I just want to sort of reiterate my point that I was trying to make earlier, basically you don't, because they won't listen to you if you're no. making the music. If you're asking from the perspective of the label, and and you're a label, but see, the thing is like, if you're just some random label, and they don't know much about you, they still might ignore you, but I think you, the, you can try, just seem try. really professional. And yeah. in that case, if you are the label, then yes, I guess, like try to track them down. But they're usually hard to get their attention if they aren't already familiar with you. And getting familiar has to be something that, that, that something catches their eye. And sometimes that's like so hard to, to predict. Like when you have somebody, when you, when you have a job where people are throwing like thousands of albums at you, like in a week, like you're not checking out every single one of them. Mm-hmm. There might be a day you come into the office and the first three hours, the ones that are coming in, you're just like, you're trying to finish your coffee. You're like fucking around on Twitter. You don't even look at them. But then you decide to randomly click on an email and it's like, wow, this resonates with me. Uh, it's it's kind of like that. Like it's, it's almost like luck. And in a way that's like not fair because there's so many good artists out there that never – that these publications don't talk about because they didn't get lucky. Like, I'm so lucky to have won the attention of the label and a label that ended up being, like, so good at PR uh, that has such a good, like, um, rapport with everybody to where, like, The Wire and and stuff like that will, will listen to them and, and Vice and stuff like that. Like, I feel like, yeah, like, my, my music might be good and, and people might like it and, yeah, maybe if it wasn't for... You know, like people want to give me all the credit when I when I say this. I mean be like, No, but if it wasn't for you, blah blah blah. But like seriously, like I feel like there's an element of chance to it. And I hate to tell people that. Because well, I, it's there's true. There's so man. many hard work for musicians so, that just so hit no play, you know?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing about luck is that it finds people who keep going. It is a numbers game. Luck does. You've got to keep plugging away. Unless you keep moving forward, right? Unless you keep doing things. Like, you know, I wouldn't have any kind of popularity or following or influence in this world if I didn't continue to keep doing what I'm doing. If I didn't continue to make connections with people, continue to reach out to people, continue to work on my art and continue to figure out different ways of doing things. Here we are, the Hot yeah. Ticks podcast, right? Yeah, like, Uniwa you know I mean? has yeah. no I, modest I amount I of success and have one you thing, seen if his if discography? Just thing, yeah, if I did one thing and then just was like, oh, no one found it. Or like, if I did one thing and never yeah. tried yeah, and just to reach out to other up. people and connect with people, like, I wouldn't have found other things that got me lucky. You know what I mean?
2: And sometimes, like, the top of mind... Uh, type thing is the reason why things catch on because somebody has heard of you Six times and then they finally decide to check it out yeah. you know, or your your friend at a party was talking about it And then like three weeks later You're on YouTube and you happen to pass something that you might not otherwise click on but you remember somebody said something about it So you check it out. So yeah, if you just keep going and keep going and keep releasing stuff it, it Yeah that's really true. I mean, I've been I've been releasing solo music since the mid 2000s, and I was playing in bands before that too, and never really got really far. Like the biggest accomplishment I think was a label released an edition of a thousand CDs of my band, and we sold out maybe in like five years, and oh, wow. didn't really do anything. And and all of a sudden, like I, I mean, Fire Tools is not like famous or anything like i'm sure if you go to my spotify plays it's not anywhere near as big as like dust dynamic shroud and like george well, that of go- and I mean, that I goes back understand. to what
1: i was that goes back to what i was saying is people can love your music but maybe they don't listen to it every day you know
2: yeah yeah, yeah exactly. maybe they just don't and want to i was it. saying earlier I don't think people most people probably don't want to listen to fire tools every day because it's yeah. It's, it's, fire it's Tools is an experience. It's, it's like
0: watching a Criterion collection, though. three and a half hour fucking Francis Ford Coppola film.
2: Yeah, right. You exactly. can't just be like, oh, I let me go
0: it. to the grocery store and put on Fire Tools real quick. Like,
2: I can imagine listening <laughs> to it a lot of times in a row because maybe you're trying to figure it out and it's like really yeah. interesting and stuff goes by really fast and you like want to hear it again. But I, I really don't think it's sex. something that you just want to put on every morning for breakfast. You know, you,
1: yeah, no. for breakfast with your bagel and coffee. Oh, you mentioned Death's Dynamic Shroud. Let's talk about them for a minute. Do yeah, you think true. that they would be where they are if they didn't continue doing things? James oh, and I Tech know. and Keith, yeah. they've been doing nobody this since them. they were 14. They were, like, they yeah, looked, like 15 they were years into their career before people started paying oh, attention, oh, yeah. To, yeah, attention but, to music. But, and
2: yeah. also, Tech and James had been making music, like, before Death Dynamic Shroud. Like, that's what I was saying. Yeah, really like 15 years. And, Keith has been doing giant claw and like bands before that for like so long, so it, it only makes sense. Right? Also, yeah.
1: I'm sorry. you um, know it, it only makes sense exactly. But you know, I and also if you keep going and moving forward, people will might rediscover your stuff, right? I you know, what was my album, Glows the Melts, that's like years ago and it just was released on vinyl now. You know, it takes a Some while. Some people sometimes. won't take so you, you seriously up
0: front. You've gotta keep going and then yeah. Years later, someone will be like, "Yeah, maybe I should take that skeleton lipstick guy seriously because he's obviously still yeah." It's around.
1: usually like there's usually
2: like a like a period. It wasn't a experience. flash in the pan type I put of out something and When
1: people discover it for me, that seems to be the thing. But I'm cool with that. I'm, I think it's fun. It's more. It's kind of fun. Yeah,
2: but that's probably. With Mindspring Memories, a lot I, I put out probably like, ten albums before. Anybody was really like talking about it or anything, and then. At one, I think it. You know what? I think what did it was that Elemental ninety five. I was gonna
0: say, uh, Myel introduced really me to Mindspring Memories. Myel was always like, "Hey, oh, you like telepath? Sense. You need to listen to Mindspring Memories." And I was like, "I don't know yeah. about this Mindspring yeah. Memories yeah, so, I I love, so. I And love, then I finally Mael. listened I to Mael. it. I was like, "Jesus, this is good." I love. Yeah, Mael. I think I
2: think that was the turning point. After he got Bacon really Wave and all about, that shit. Yeah, 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 that that was cool. And then I think that's. When it started, and now I just I work with uh, like Geometric Lullaby, a bunch, and and starting to work with Wave Racer Collective, like Sick. you know once in a while, and like Alice yeah, City Records up. sometimes, and and Needle Juice is getting into vaporwave. Oh yeah, we,
0: we've been was Chris lead. was just talking yeah, about Needle that. Needle Juice released my album. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, I yeah, actually yeah
2: They're the greatest people. Oh uh, God, I love them so much.
1: By the way, the releases they put out in general, these are so high quality. Like, I can't yeah, even man. fathom it. Like, the cardboard is heavy and, and solid for these albums. The variants of the vinyl are beautiful. They have inserts. Like, they're just, it's yeah, some of the best albums. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like some of the actual, like, best physical albums I have in general are from Needle Juice. Like, they yeah, just do definitely. such a... Non- they're the like, Constellation you know, an
0: Records of Vaporwave. And oh my god, music- it's just so crazy mix. how I high mean, quality
2: they are. Go through the discography. There's just a lot of different stuff. Like when they I'll have to do that. Up, I was I I like couldn't believe they wanted to work with me. Like they they put out like one of my like noise albums and they didn't have anything mm-hmm. on yeah. the label. You know, they had like King Gizzard and like Lemon Demon and stuff. Lemon and Demon and I'm like you say, wanna, yeah. Are you sure? Like I think I remember at one point being like, "Are you sure you want to release this?" Fuck yes, they do. <laughs> um but they also released the ohm album from mindspring memories and mm-hmm. yeah yep. they're just they're just really like housey mountain like i call them my my label dads because they're like uh-huh. i just really look up to them and they're such good friends but like needle juice is in a strong competition with them wow i That's just can't believe favorite label
1: people. How? Oh, they're so great. I'm probably going to be releasing the next Skeleton Lipstick album with them, actually. They're just so Sick. great to work with, and they just released these pieces of art in such a beautiful, meticulous <laughs> way. Like, I can't believe how, like, high-quality... Like the fucking cardboard.
2: You should that, include that a that crushed penny in is. all of your LPs, like the
1: actual uh, packaging yeah, well, and they, the printing. They
2: really, really like records. They're nerdy about them. Love that. Love that. That's Love a them. good sign with the label because House of Mountain is really nerdy about records too, and they really yeah. care about the presentation. And they don't go all out to the point where they'll do like twelve different splatter variants, but no. they do really care about everything being snazzy. I mean, we spend so much time trying to work yeah. out the visual stuff every when time re- we have a new album.
1: For sure. And this brings you to another thing, too, is actually when, you know, there's like this big push. Every artist wants to put out vinyl, and they want to do it right away, as soon as possible, and they just want to get it out there and get it done so they have, they tick that off the box, right? But they're just, I think that most of them really need to spend a little bit more time making sure they're ready to put something out that they really want to release on vinyl that feels like them and also when you are going to release on vinyl you gotta fucking hire an art director you gotta hire somebody who's going to organize the text for you put it all together not even i'm not even talking about a good cover art person i'm talking about someone who can take all your ideas and all the things that need to be written on an album and structure it in, in a harmonious way sometimes i get releases from people and it's just fucking like i can tell that the person who put together the packaging for this is not someone who's a graphic designer like not not even a gra- like an art director like it's just like they put the text over here and this is over there and like it looks like they're just trying to get a physical release done they just wanted something physical right it's- well, got to do more.
2: People can't always afford that and it's that's but it's vinyl, like a DIY right? DIY oriented scene and people I have agree. to work with what they got and I yeah. think that's there's a huge and, upfront and a cost. People, and we, because of that when they're forced to do it themselves, because they're not like an artist. They don't even really know that their packaging looks bad a lot Yeah, of time. but that's the
1: thing It's like you're releasing vinyl now you're stepping it up. You want to put out a vinyl thing If you don't have right, to hire if have somebody
2: Yeah, no, you don't have to hire somebody I mean, how good
0: does a VHS still like and you don't and like it's just like Tumblr this is such an anyways. important thing
1: It's gonna be a test. This isn't even a cassette anymore Which is also needs should be put together in a harmonious way, but you can put out vinyl like okay you don't have to hire somebody but if you're not going to hire somebody do your due deal just the same way if you can't hire a PR person can't like figure R out work. how to do PR without it if you're not going to hire an art, an art director then you should be grabbing your favorite albums studying them looking at the text doing your homework online you have the internet you can research how to do this you can find templates how to do this and you should really put a lot of attention into it you know what i mean like you don't have to hire an art director but then you have to be the art director you have to really look at it with a fine tooth comb not just rush to get it out so you have a vinyl album take your time with it That's you know what i mean
2: true. there's also the idea that i think a lot of people need to do something shitty like a bunch of times before they for sure really well and we Mm, see a lot of labels kind of start like okay like when aloe city was like one of the earliest like actual vaporwave labels that wanted to do physical media there they did a run of a couple of tapes for mindspring like really early on and they they looked kind of sketchy like they i'm pretty sure they printed out the J cards like from like a an office printer and it was just it was supposed to be it was like a run of 10 tapes per album too so it was just a really like low-key diy type operation and now like this stuff is like you know much higher quality because they've built up a reputation they've released enough stuff to get get their name out there they've built up an um a fan base and stuff and and now they can afford to invest in in um and like good packaging and good looking stuff yeah. and, and even like professional mastering like Alice City has hired me a couple times to master some things and that's something that most like new DIY labels aren't doing and can't afford to do yet yeah. so I do agree with you and I think it just takes a little bit to get there you kinda have to like you kinda have to fake it till you yeah. learn and, and build so and so like
1: that. I'm gonna also say that when you're working with the DIY label you know, it's kind of almost like you guys are a team now. Like you got to work together. Like maybe you, the DIY can't afford to pay for everything, but maybe you can help. You
0: might have to somebody. kind of buck
2: that up a, a little bit. Good idea. Like, artists some don't stuff. do that very much because they, I think they feel I, entitled, but that's, that's so a really silly. Good
1: idea. So when I work with needle juice, right, I, they are paying to release the album to put it out. I paid for mastering to remaster it. Mm-hmm. I paid to get the art director You know, and I did all my due diligence to promote things and to send it to people and to talk to people. But it's a team, like, especially if this is a DIY label, like, you guys you're a team with them they're not supposed to do everything for you like i put my own music on spotify i mean some labels do that for them but i i choose to do it myself i'm trying to save that label money so that they can put into doing what their part of it of the work is the
0: distribution part
1: are there really prima donnas like this in fucking vaporwave that expect the label to do everything go fuck yourself man fuck you whoever's like i made the music yeah, that's a hot take. Go fuck yourself if you think the label should be doing everything for you, should get all your press, should do all your things. They should do some things. They should do what they can. But
2: they're, they're just trying to be the best. To do. And like, we
1: gotta work together as a team. Like, you gotta do your part too. Like, it's like it's all a college industry. Like, don't be not the fucking Rolling labels Stones.
2: That that can do a lot of stuff themselves and that make it so you don't have to do much. And that's um, wonderful. But not all labels are not are all there can.
1: Yet. And even the ones that can, you should be offering to help. With what you can help with, and it, that's not like a. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. Like it's your baby, thing. do you know? But like, like seriously, man, if if the artists in this thing, scene, think that their their job ends at making music, go oh, fuck yourself, man. You not in 2021. You gotta isn't. work a little bit harder because this is like that's the only way we're all gonna elevate all of this is if everybody's working together as a community and no one is a fucking island. Give me a break with that. to These people. Or hire like a
0: that. PR person.
1: Right, well, yeah, exactly. The, you hire the PR pro. Somebody, you know, and once again, you know, it's just such such teamwork effort, man. Like, like I can't even believe people would be like, here's my album, and I'm going to go to bed now.
0: Well, well I, I actually, actually have, have a really good, good question for you, Angel, that kind of dovetails off of that. If there's anything you could change about the way the vaporwave scene operates, what would it be?
2: I don't know. I don't really have... I don't really have anything. <laughs> I think people... T- alright, here's something. People take Vaporwave too seriously.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Even the
2: people that are... Okay. I think the people that are the most passionate about it, kind of like, let's let's talk about... like Let's let's say the 100% Electronica crew. They're really passionate about it, but they don't take it too seriously. They're having so much fun. Yeah, but they're I bringing a lot of the chill way backs people, on. Some people treat it like it's a way of life and stuff like that. And... I I really don't want to disrespect anybody I guess but it's like it's just like um, I I just think that taking it too seriously can lead to um, it can lead to gatekeeping among other things and also I just feel like people sort of treat it as if it's kind of on on like a pedestal and, and something kind of more than it is like you can be in love with it and be passionate about it but don't think of it as this like it, it is rebellious in ways it is punk in ways but it's it's just like i feel like it's not as special as a lot of people think it is like a, important maybe like it's an important subculture and it's been i don't know i'm trying to i'm trying to like word this without sounding insulting but trying to get the point i don't think it's a, it sounds insulting. no i see what yeah. some people okay i guess i'm i'll i guess i'll refer to twitter like i see a lot of posts that are sort of really kind of, um, like militant about Vaporwave and Vaporwave sort of, um, maybe politics or philosophy or whatever. And they're really gung-ho about their definition of Vaporwave, like being the right one and stuff like that. And I just think that we could just, um, just kind of use the term lightly. I mean, in, in the bands that are like legit emo, like first, second wave style, Emo like before it started coming in the mainstream like those people don't use the word emo seriously It, it, it's a, it was a, a describing word it did refer to a type of music but it's like You know they know that they're playing like post-hardcore post-punk type music mixed with alternative rock or whatever like they they know what they're doing and I feel like a lot of people are just like really purist about vaporwave and kind of treat it like it's this like uh, like a home Vaporwave. anything anything more than like a a subgenre of electronic music that has its own messages and its own aesthetics and its own sort of ideas and and approaches and stuff like that but it's not it's I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to convey a nuance here, and I don't know if it's coming across.
1: No. So one of the things that I think about is, like, calling something vaporwave is sometimes the same as calling something punk. Now. (laughs) A purist might say, "Oh no! Well, no, punk is only this three chord structure. It's only the Ramones." But then there's like a lot of bands, like the emo bands, or the or the from the emo bands, that are like, "Yeah, man, this is punk for us." Like, you can use the word punk lightly to describe an umbrella of multiple different types of rock music. Yes, you right? can. Yeah, that yeah. has a different type of thing, and it you could be a, a sound, or it could
0: pick. be an aesthetic.
2: Well, you
1: know, it's like a pa- like you got people just like it's a paradigm. Stop trying ethos. to like subdivide sub- yeah, and absolutely it. Right. call it this or that. Like, just use it like a paradigm to refer to fashion, art music, way mm-hmm. of thinking, but don't fucking try and be like, no, only this. Like, that's so boring right. when you do it it's like that It's only skeleton. It's silly.
2: And, yeah, a uh, couple Trump of years Person. ago, my um, my friend Kevin, who you all know, a, a quip. Uh, he, Love that guy. I don't know if he still, like, thinks this way, because it's... Kevin's it been on like the show ground, before. It was a groundbreaking moment for me when he was telling me this. I don't even know if he remembers or he even thinks this way, but he called Vaporwave, like, a vapor sphere. and it, And think about it as vaporous to the, to where like okay like imagine like Jupiter or Saturn they're like gas planets. It's like you know the further out you get the less dense it gets and then eventually you're you're not in the planet anymore. But mm-hmm. like where's the line? When you zoom in things just kind of blur in like so I love it's, that. It's like a gradient. And like that's how vaporwave works. I miss the early 2010s really when I everyone was making away. sort of
0: synthwave, wave, sort of vaporwave, sort of chill wave.
2: Yeah, sort of C pun, sort of think witch house. Fire tools is fire tools is in the in the outer, like way in the outer. Like I'm, I feel like I'm barely in the vapor sphere. I'm definitely in it, but I'm like, but but like mindspring memories for instance, I feel like is really close to the core because it what is. I'm doing, even though it is slush wave, it's still classic style. It's still an entirely sample based. I'm basically doing Macintosh Plus, but with a lot more effects, and you know basically, as far as the approach. Um, mm-hmm. So I would feel like Mindspring would be closer to this, the, the core of it. And I think Maybe, that Baby yeah. Wave is really cool like that because you can you can be anywhere in there.
1: It would be closer to the core in the way that, like, you know, the punk band that plays the three-chord Ramon-style band is closer to the core of punk than... One yeah, the like The
0: Anniversary. That's right.
1: Oh, yeah. I love The Anniversary. I love The, the anniversary, anniversary, too. Breakdown. That's a good album.
2: Designing a Nervous Breakdown. It's an amazing I, they album.
1: the anniversary. Yeah, it's is a one of album. my
2: favorite albums. That well, heard. that makes three of us. Oh,
1: yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw them
2: live when they were touring on that album. I mean, do the muscles, so and muscles ever you just encase uh, your heart? were touring with the get-up up Get Up Kids. Get up I just kids said that. They were touring They're... on um, something to write home about. When okay, mixing electronic and home punk rock and was new and
1: fresh. Yeah, exactly. And I remember the oh the opening band for them for my for Philadelphia at least was Ultimate Fake Book, which I don't really know if they even released an album. Did they? Oh no, they
2: have a they have a bunch of albums. They did. They weren't. They have a bunch show. of. Oh
1: no, they do. They have an Electric Makeout Party. That's right. They have a bunch of albums. Yeah. I just remember they did. They only had a single when I saw them. When mm-hmm. they when they poured with the anniversary and Get Up Kids, I remember I they had a little single for Tell Me What You Want. Wow, I don't remember why. I remember all this stuff. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, should we start asking? Who if I
2: played when I saw them. that. That actually is a silly. good idea. I was, was,
1: I was in Philly. It was like 2000, I think, when they were touring for that. Maybe 1999.
2: I was at uh, it was at 9:30 Club in DC for me. So. It was a Trocadera if... in
1: Philadelphia for me. Oh yeah, Trocadera. Oh uh, yeah, I've
2: played there.
1: Oh, you played the Trocadera? It's not around yeah. anymore. They closed it, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, I heard. Yeah, oh. it's a pretty legendary place.
0: Does anyone in the chat have any specific questions that they want to directly ask Angel before the, the yeah, show? Yeah, that's ends. what I wanted to get to because I, it, I, I we, could hear almost, it in your to, voice. To, it's almost uh, I know you guys are probably scandalous. tired.
2: I know I you're tired, Angel. I feel bad for ignoring. Probably people probably said a lot of things to me. You know? No, actually, no, no, we've
0: no, done no, pretty we, good tonight.
1: We the the, the, the chat yeah. is great. They're doing. They the, are destroying C-Punk. Right the chat right does now. their thing. They. They talk too. Like it's a real dynamic uh, show. It's fun. Anyway, questions Uh, for Alex uh, says: What what is the
0: weirdest location you played a show? Any of your projects? Weirdest location?
2: Um, I don't know. I guess I, uh, I played a Fire Tool show one time in, um, under under a, under a bridge in an indoor parking area industrial parking area of like oh, filled wow. with dumpsters like in chicago wow. there was like this fest it was really great uh floor baba who oh yeah uh, is, oh yeah great great floor baba artist. of court. yeah they Love played him. that show i can't remember if it was under that moniker or not but yeah that was cool but i've played a lot of really weird old churches uh, old churches are underrated building to run out to do a show and I've just played a lot of shows in churches in a lot of like weird tiny basements a lot of super weird bars in which I felt like incredibly out of place um and sometimes when you play shows like outdoor shows where someone's built a tiny stage and you're in the middle of a field or something that always feels really awkward to me because there's like right you hit the snare drum and it's like there's no reverberation until right. the sound like hits the trees like way over there, and it just sounds very empty, and you feel very small, and it's just weird. <laughs> uh,
0: somebody yeah. else asked a uh, Zanrai kid, um, "What would you like to see uh, from yeah, yeah. RPGs going for a retro visual style?" Legacy.
2: I hardly play video games. I don't really. <laughs> yeah. I can't really comment on that. Chris, you don't really um, play them either, huh? There's a, there's a choice few video Me? games that I like playing, yeah. and they're mostly old. Like, I don't. Ed I don't play video
1: things. games. Um, I love video I'm the games. O- I guess I'm I... the only
0: big gamer here.
1: Okay, I'd like to say that I love video games. I watch the walkthroughs. I enjoy watching people play. I appreciate the artistry of them, and I like watching my friends play. I just don't play them myself. You would love
0: Final Fantasy um, so much, dude. You're missing out. I can't do it. I can't. You would I love like it. Watch video watching games. Them. I like watching
1: I
2: love them. Watching I just don't want to play them. Especially with like really nerdy games like Final Fantasy. I love the stories love are so Final
1: cool. I, I love, know, they're amazing. I love, I love them.
2: Wow, honestly. We, wow,
1: okay. Yeah, I do do as well. Look, <laughs> wow. Angel and I love video games. We just don't play them. No, you don't I have, have to play them. I Look, have
2: Super Mario and Super Metroid tattoos.
1: <laughs> for sure. Listen, here's the thing. Not all of... not everyone. Isaac, you don't make music, but you love listening to I'm music. to the flames, do You have to up. make music to appreciate it? No.
2: I can yeah, appreciate I them without having yeah. to play them. When you put it that I way, I just want to really share them with you so bad.
1: I'm not going to do it. It reminds me how much
2: I love video games, actually. I never really thought about it, but I I really do.
1: When I was a kid, for sure. I do. I I love the OSTs.
2: Oh, and a lot of people don't have time to play them Super Ghouls and
1: Ghosts. Good point. I played Super Ghouls and Ghosts all the time. All kinds of games. Absolutely. The only
2: thing that annoys me is when my favorite YouTubers get really into Minecraft, and then they spend all their time streaming Minecraft on Twitch and not making me videos. True. <laughs> that shit pisses me off.
1: Yeah. Wait. More questions for Angel. Anybody? We we Yeah. To get, quiz says, what would you go.
2: like to
0: see in vaporwave live sets?
2: Uh God, God, this is a dumb answer, but it's like whatever people want to do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's not a dumb answer. <laughs> I don't. I. I. I don't know. There's yeah. so many uh, Different. Different projects have different requirements for how things need to be performed. I don't think anybody anybody who makes purely sample-based music should feel obligated or pressured to to play a keyboard along with it. I don't think people that make music on a laptop and use Ableton should feel pressured to have musicians playing along with them. <clears throat> right. I just think you should do whatever you want to do. Get dancers.
0: That's what picture playing does.
2: I think that anything you want to do is a great idea. If you want to go all out and, like, you know that's that's cool too like i would like to start playing drums along with certain fire tool songs but i you so should
1: yeah i don't know oh i have a general i have a general rule that i want everybody to do exactly what they want to do and how they want to do that do it but i want them to do it well like true you don't have you know i don't you know you have to don't get up there and be like i'm just gonna do this and see what works but uh, practice it at home first see how you feel about it be comfortable think about the audience as well and what their experience is going to be you know sometimes i see people come on and they they don't do that much and um that's fine you don't have to do that much but um i don't know be aware of what you're doing and be aware of how it's going to be perceived and uh i don't know just refine the thing that you're going to do does that make sense? That makes I'm not trying to be Yeah,
2: I think you should take pride in what you do. Time.
1: Am I saying this right? I think
2: Experience so. Experience is really important in that; it's a really vital element. So there's a certain amount of this refinement that comes over time that you that yeah. you can't rush. But I do totally agree that you should, you know, use your like, practice and know what I'm you're gonna doing.
1: I'm going to use George as an example right now. Um, like George is a is a professional, right? He has done this a lot. He knows what his limitations are of what he can and can't do live. He has worked. With his limitations, securing oh, yeah. a very good show. You know, he knows he can't have a live band. He Ooh. knows that he can't do everything live. He knows that he's gonna have that sampler up there. Maybe he'll yep. have a drummer. Maybe he won't, depending on what, what where he's playing. Mm. So he's like, okay, well, let me get this light show here. Let me work on my stage presence. Yeah, let me work yeah. on my, my what I'm gonna do. To convey what George Clanton is, you know, you know because
2: I'm working with my limitations and I, exactly. I want to provide other means of entertainment.
1: For sure. Right. So that's the yes. thing is, like, people need to think about that before they get up there and start doing whatever they're going to do. You know, think about what you're and, But But like, it's just really funny because like, George even knows now what to do with his voice what kind of vocal pedals to put on it. You know, he's an, a person who he's going like, to, you know, he made a lot, he made a decision a long time ago that he was going to, his thing was going to be jumping around, talking to people, having his personality be an instrument live. Right. So yeah, exactly. over time, yeah. yeah, his per for like George, he, one he, of his instruments well, is the personality, sings, right? But
2: he's like, he's just like being an awesome entertainer. Yeah. No, it, and I totally noticed that ab- yeah. about, I've never seen, I, I never actually have seen a live set. I didn't even get to see him at electronic on, but oh, I've wow. seen videos hey. and stuff and I've just, yeah. I've noticed that, and it's and I and this is like no insult because you you said it yourself too. But I kind of noticed like what George was doing and how he wasn't trying to like really like intricately perform this music for his fans. He was trying to put on a show and have fun, and probably was not doing a whole lot of super hands-on thing, no. things to make things happen. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't want him to because no, I, and.
1: Yeah, because it wouldn't be what, it wouldn't be right for yeah. him. And the thing is that like not everybody has to do what George Clanton does. He uses his personality as one of his instruments. You don't have to do that. Like you were just saying, Angel, like you're gonna yeah, have I the visual. You you don't have to.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, I think there was a question for you about what's your favorite uh, from Pacific Plaza. Was just asking what favorite guitar pedal that. What, what's your favorite guitar pedal that you own?
2: Um, I've got. I've sold a lot of them. All off because i'm i use my my computer so much but um uh the Earthquaker devices C machine is really nice um probably the best one of my favorite pedals i've ever had was the uh empress um what was their chorus pedal called something witch was it called i don't know something witch i think um but it was a really beautiful chorus pedal um i really i was a nerd for chorus pedals for a long time like boutique chorus pedals but now I just use course plugins and and emulations of my favorite course pedals. So. I'm a course junkie because uh, I love the 80s.
1: Nice. Uh, any other any other questions? Do we miss any or do we any other questions?
2: Somebody somebody said do you know a lot about religion and how important is religion to you? I kinda wanted to ask that too. Oh, okay, I, I go I, for it. Maybe m- I I think I know more than like the average like rando on the street because I'm like super super into spirituality, but I Asking me how important religion is to me to be realistic, probably not that important because I don't have like a lot of sort of religiosity in my life as far as like ritual and stuff like that, but I am extremely spiritual and I'm, I am I love religion and I study religion and I apply a lot of religious teachings and I have a spiritual connection with the divine, but I don't necessarily like practice of religion according to the way they've they've laid out what it means to be a follower of that religion. So yeah, religion is really important to me. But I would say that uh, spirituality is probably a better term. The religion is there as like a structure and like philosophy and theology, but this the spirituality is more experiential. And in well my opinion, if your religion isn't incur- isn't encouraging experience, your own experience then it's not doing a very good job. It's just a bunch of words and rules and things you're supposed to believe. So, well said. Yeah.
0: Well, one thing could, that we, we like we to do towards about the, that,
2: the whole the whole thing, I would we, could, we could we could pull I've a done.
0: Keith Rankin and just ask if you believe in God. But no, I don't have anything
2: else to say though about that.
0: I mean, one of our favorite things to do towards the end of each episode is just give you the floor to say anything you want, shout out anyone you want, promote anything you want. Yeah, you can say mm. anything you want
2: <clears throat> let's see um, well I have a double album coming out in the Holy fall shit.
0: you double album, a double album coming out yes you, but they are going to be a lot of music?
2: singles fucking prolific um, we're going to start putting out singles with music videos <laughs> like, hell yeah uh, every so often coming up soon <laughs> up how until Ch- up, Chicago why is it Chicago that's uh, really smart. smart but I'm probably playing a release show in Chicago in October so that's that's probably why I was thinking that word.
1: I want to say really quick that I really loved your last album. I thought the "Spiraling Dynamically" song is like one of my favorite,
0: um, oh, you know, you. one of my
1: favorite Angel, uh, one of my favorite songs, honestly. And I know you said you didn't get a lot of press for that, which I just I'm going to give you the press right now. It's a magnificent album, and you can quote me on that. It's full of a uh, swirling textures that spin my mind every time I I listen to it. Um you can use that in your press kit if no one has ever g- has given you any any enough good. Yeah, I yeah, my, that my, on there.
2: my page where I list all my like press
1: yeah articles and clippings. Skeleton and stuff like lipstick that. of hot takes podcast. Uh skeleton,
2: uh, yeah, skeleton Lipsticks gives some pretty good recommendations I'll write it out for you. Yeah, that works. Great reference. Um also if anybody wants to pay any attention to me on the internet and know when stuff is happening, um, just follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, you'll find me. Just type my name into stuff, and stuff will pop up. Yeah,
1: you, so. you, you're also going to be at uh the live stream event coming up soon, right?
2: Uh, what what is that? Maybe Paradise.
0: Huh? Um, the. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I have oh, with that.
0: giant claw and. Um, you giant. as well, right, Doctor Chris? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 with, yeah, with me yeah. as well. I saw your well, uh, Insta actually, story. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just finished my stuff for that. Just saying, I, uh, I love that I got to open for you for World Wide Wave that oh, uh, thank that you. CVN, both of you that CVN remix woo, fucking fuego I think it was CVN Is that correct? Yeah Angel? Yeah, yeah, yeah Amazing yeah, CBN, yeah. Um, that's It was an I was amazing, no, I was answering, amazing set That's ah, okay so, uh, Sorry, I derailed the conversation That's okay <laughs> well uh yeah okay. i don't really
2: have anything anything profound to say just like i i i want people to connect with me on the internet because i i feel like it's it's such a fight for attention out there with artists so if you mm-hmm. like someone you should follow them so you get their updates because they probably really want you to know about them and otherwise they'd get lost so yeah i'm and a big fan their of worth. emailing lists i have an emailing list if you go to firetools.com with a hyphen between fire and tools or if you go to my personal website angelmarkloid.com there's gonna be a little form for like if you wanna send me a message or be on the mailing list so you can uh you Hell can do yeah. that too if you like emails I like emails I miss emails social networking is a piece of shit I just wanna email people for- right
0: a lot of people have uh, said yeah. that Ronnie from Paperspace space particularly would agree with you Ronnie oh from paper space did yeah. the
2: same thing yeah, he, he you literally like exactly
1: He's cool. We love Ronnie. Yeah, we he's love not far from you either. He's so helpful. What a wonderful person. Yeah, uh, okay. Anything else you want to promote? Or are you good?
2: No, because if people connect with me on any of those platforms, they'll be able to see all the gotcha. stuff that I that I want to say.
1: All right. Hell yeah. Perfect. Oh, uh, cool. well, thank
2: go... you for having me. Oh, it's been amazing.
1: Shiro, do you have anything to promote?
0: Oh, not a lot. Unfortunately, I, uh, you know, the uh, the... Vods, not the Vods, but the videos for my uh, my lovely set with uh, visuals by the love of my life, Luxury Elite, is on my YouTube. The synthwave set I did for Worldwide Wave, opening for YouTube, and then the Witch House set that I did for, um, oh yeah, uh, Homesick Fest is up on YouTube. Uh, three people won some hot take spins. I need to send those out. One of them is in Australia, okay. so that shipping is mm-hmm. going to be fun. Um, the um, site sounds and conversations set that I'm working on got delayed a little bit for a Codex Boy Encyclopedia. Uh, it's I have a vod up on Twitch I, I did the other night. It's mostly like deep house, down tempo, a lot of ground is lava, Luzine, Holy Other, that kind of stuff. Um,
1: nice, love Holy
0: Other. Man, me too. I miss him. Um, and then other than that, man, I'm uh, there's some tentative plans to be on the next upcoming Homesick Fest in October with.
1: Nice, the Halloween one.
0: Yeah, I hope that's not a secret. I don't think it is.
1: No, I think it is.
0: And I'm probably going to bring another Dark Synth set to to the show. Because I haven't done Dark Synth in about a year and a half. Yeah, that's really it, man. I think I'm probably going to forget something, but go right ahead. Uh, Okay, so uh, as for me, uh, of course there
1: is, as we mentioned, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Paradise House 3 is on the... Uh, is coming up this weekend so I'll be performing at that I've got a very very cool set coming up for that I'm going hard for that one too with my visuals and the music that I'm doing for it because I think that's going to be my last live stream set for a while because we're transitioning back to live things so speaking of that July 30th in Davis, California, at Sophia's is going to be Terminally Chill NorCal edition. Normally, my 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 wonderful, wonderful co, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful person, uh, DJ Fantacat, aka Agnes, she runs that one out there in Northern California for me. But I'm going to be flying down for the inaugural Terminally Chill NorCal. I'll be performing at it, doing a DJ set. She'll be performing at it doing a DJ set, and our good friend Frank Job C is coming down and he's going to DJ it as well, so it's going to be a phenomenal night. Everybody, if you're in the Northern California or the um, Bay Area region, come out for it. It's going to be me, Fanta Cat, and Frank Job A lot of fun, really exciting time. Uh, aside from that, I have a single called This Will Not Be The Life You Wanted, which will probably take another three weeks to come out because it's still being mastered, and then I got the art is being still drawn up for it, so that might be another two or three weeks away from now. Also, of course, Glow's "The Melts" is on vinyl from Needlejuice Records. Yeah. You can get it in a glow in the dark variant, or you can get it in a blood splatter variant. In addition to that, there will be a song, uh, the Vapor Pop uh, uh, comp- compilation on Pacific Plaza Records will be coming out soon. I have a song on that. Also, I don't know when. I assume Winter Quilt will be remixing. will be sending. will be releasing that remix album at some point soon. I have a remix on that. Pop Culture has a remix album. I believe he'll be releasing at some point. I have a remix on that. Sick and um and uh terminally chill in philadelphia will be coming back relatively soon but i don't i can't give anybody a specific date on that just yet i'm in talks with the barbary which is the venue that throws the that club that does the party so they're refurbishing they may be done soon though so i'll pe- pe- follow my follow me on social media for that information and uh and that's 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 plenty man for i
0: can't you. wait to get back what? to playing live shows dude. Yeah.
1: and also tune into hot takes every other week.
0: Yeah, we and don't we don't know who our to the guest is. and lipstick
1: modify playlist.
0: Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Week. We're also on our podcast is up on all uh, major uh, streaming nope. services now. We got Apple, we there got go. Spotify, mm-hmm. we got Podbean, we got mm-hmm. What's the other one? Google. Thanks to nice. Indie Advent for the help with that. Um, shout out to so, Indie, Indie yeah. Advent
1: for all his amazing Indie work. He's popping up so many people in the vaporwave scene.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, for Ethiopia real. To
1: be a district for life, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah,
2: really, really good person. Really great person. Kind and sweet.
1: She was our first guest on this show, actually. for oh. Our very inaugural guest.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Angel, thank Anything you else, so God? much.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Angel. I had so much really, fun talking to you. What a beautiful talk we had, and we—I think everybody learned a lot from you. And I know I did, and everyone, I hope they had a wonderful experience listening I and interacting. Hope so. with us. I also. My
2: mouth is really dry. Yeah, me, me
1: too. too. All right. I'm all right. I need to Coffee. drink
2: like 12 La- LaCroix and then smoke Obviously. 12 bowls and then go to bed. That's
0: a great night. Hope to talk all to right. you again very Cheers. soon, my friend. And too. that me
2: is all. a hot take.
0: That's a yeah, hot take. Real. Around <laughs> oh, it, yeah. That's what America's
1: supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally the Chill. The yeah. insurance
0: commercial has a fat ass, but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. <laughs> no, God damn it, uh, Isaac! New
1: Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Oh, Rip Isaac a new
0: one today. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> don't touch oh. my records, ever.